Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA radio wherever they get their podcasts. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to America's National Park of Speed. It is Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, and Road America. Rain overnight and some concern from the teams about what the weather would be doing this morning as we head into race time. Well, it was damp this morning on the track for the Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by Visit Cayman Islands, but it's dried up now, and that means all of the cars that are out on their warm-up lap now, their formation lap now, are on the tyres on which they qualified as per IMSA rules. And that means they're all on slightly used Michelin slick racing tyres. Hello everybody, I'm John Hindoff in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Jeremy Shaw uh, is with me and the hordes of fans who are on the grounds and have travelled in today have just cleared the pits. And why wouldn't you want to come to this part of the world? What about an hour north of Milwaukee near Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin? It is Road America that has been tantalising and challenging drivers, teams and engineers since 1955. Four miles around, the longest track we visit on the IMSA calendar these days. Turn one, barely a lift for the cars at the front of the field. Then downhill to turn number five. Big braking area there and an opportunity to overtake. Same at the bottom of the hill at turn eight before into the signature carousel. That wide uh, right-hander that doubles back on itself and a bit more, actually. Then through the fastest corner in American road racing, the kink down to Canada corner and then uphill to the start-finish line from there. Jeremy Shaw, this one boiling up very nicely, qualifying over and done with and tight and quick record speeds in qualifying for the five classes that we have here Uh, this one with potential interruption uh, by weather could make things as our Porsche keys to the race are telling us interesting strategy wise people are going to have to be on their toes in the pits and on the pit perches as well as concentrating behind the wheel Uh, they are John I mean this this racetrack as we heard a couple of drivers say in the uh, Michelin countdown to green there's no room for mistake here and it's uh, yes it's dry but there's certainly damp patches on this racetrack and particularly underneath the trees yeah I'm thinking the braking area down towards turn five and particularly the, the kink and the run to Canada corner you know it's not totally dry down there so if you get offline a little bit you've got to be really really careful and you get on the curbs here and they are still very very slippery we saw a few incidents in the earlier Porsche race a little while ago cars just getting up on the curb and losing uh, adhesion there it's drier than it was then but it's still pretty pretty tricky out there uh, we never make predictions here Jeremy other than to say pretty much anything could happen in the next two yeah. hours and, and 40 minutes championship implications now if things go wrong if you have a bad race or a, a non-finish here there are very few opportunities to put it right between now and the end of the season at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta uh, that's exactly right uh, for the prototype teams 
Uh, there's only one more race to go after here, that being Petit Le Mans at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. So uh, the GT teams, they've got one more event in the interim at VIR. But, uh, yeah, we're down to the nitty-gritty stage now in the championship. Absolutely all to play for. Who's hot and who's not at the moment, Jeremy? Who has the momentum? Who do you feel is coming into this run to the final uh, few races in the best shape? Well, you know, it's wide open. I mean, it's been nip and tuck between Acura and Cadillac all the way through this year. Coming into this weekend, uh, each had four poles and four wins. And they've been you know, pretty much shared amongst the teams as well. So... Uh, I don't know. Uh, for this weekend, the Acuras are carrying a little bit extra weight than they were last time. Ex- 10 extra kilos on the Acuras, but the Acura was on pole position. I think, though, that the, the Cadillacs are strong. I think uh, it, it, it literally is wide open going to this race. I would not want to pick a winner between Acura and Cadillac. Just want to check in with Sheer Adam uh, with our... Uh, audience in sound and vision. Uh, good morning, Shay. Race brought forward uh, a little bit for uh, television commitments, but it also might actually be fortuitous and get us into the better weather window. Weather coming up, normally speaking, from the south or southwest. What can you tell us? It's raining. It's not raining considerably, but there are little dots that are showing up on the pit lane, and it is just sprinkling ever so annoyingly. This could turn into heavier rain here quickly, though, and it is coming in from the North. Yeah, actually, it's up right the way around us. Actually, uh, at the moment, unusually, the, uh, there's no very little wind to talk about. It's normally coming up from the south, but the, the wind is has actually turned around 180 degrees since yesterday. Little dots of rain on the windows of the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as the green flag is being readied right in front of us. It's going to be a quick start. Headlights piercing the gloom, and the pole sitter, Philippe Albuquerque, with pretty much a perfect lap. Yesterday, as described to us by his team owner, Wayne Taylor Racing, there was much celebration there. He's got a great start down to turn one at the back of the LMP2 field. Various... uh, shenanigans going on and I think that was a change uh, there for the lead between Stephen Thomas and Patrick Kelly as they were coming down to turn one but Albuquerque has gone weaving left and right on the run down to turn five here's the GT start with the pros at the front that's Hawksworth on the inside the pit wall side on the in the bright yellow and black Vassa Sullivan Lexus Matt Campbell trying to challenge there but didn't really get into position side by side down at turn five for the prototypes as the number 60 accurate of Tom Blomqvist and Richard Westbrook were disputing uh, the position uh, down there and uh, Alex Lynn's right in the mix there in the zero two Cadillac but Albuquerque is gone absolutely gone driven away from a Last field here. He went for it really early, Jeremy, and uh, booted it out of turn number 14. The usual street fight from the street-based cars down to turn five with two abreast all the way through and the rain intensifying from that side of the circuit. Yeah, the Corvette got shuffled back a couple of positions there. Sebastian Bourdais, by the way, nearly lost uh, the... Well, he, he was trying to gain a position on the first corner. I think he perhaps just about did. Uh, and I think he's made up another position now because Tom Bronquist definitely got shuffled back there uh, on this opening lap. But, you know, you can't you can't afford to do anything silly in these early stages. Uh, Aston Martin diving to the inside of Frankie Montecalvo down at turn eight. Yeah, so that good was... Sh- good shuffling of positions going on here. Yeah, that was the uh, Hartler Racing team. I think that was Alex uh, Riberas who was uh, slightly out of position in the GTD Pro Car the number 23 machine fighting his way through the standard GTD field. 
Cross the line then. First lap in the books, and it's Philippe Albuquerque, the man they call Albuquerque in the number 10, the black and blue, Cunningham and Alta Acura. He's got 1.2 seconds on the field, which is led by Alex Lynn in the Cadillac 02. He's got Richard Westbrook for company. I thought I saw Richard coming through there. Sebastian Bordier up to fourth in the 0-1, the second of the Chip Ganassi-run Cadillacs. Patrick Kelly and Stephen Thomas go through, 52 and 11. The 2PR1 Matheson Motorsports, so that's a change. I thought we saw that behind the leading prototypes. So Patrick into the lead ahead of his teammate, is side-by-side down into turn at number five, and a little bit of a bump and run there for Sebastian Bordet. He had it done down the inside, but just tapped Richard Westbrook on the left front as the rain is beginning to intensify. It's coming in from the turn seven area of the racetrack, so that is the south and west really weird conditions that we're seeing from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre really clear down towards turn one and threatening over towards turn seven yeah and looking across from from our vantage point here out to the west a little bit there's definitely rain over there not too far away at all uh, which uh, it certainly seems to be as you say intensifying just a little bit we should have to wait and see it's going to be really treacherous for the drivers and you know, several people trying to make a move there uh, Sebastian Bordeaux really is on the charge in his early stages I think now perhaps even up into third place after making that mistake yesterday and running off the road in turn 14 not getting a qualifying time pass for position for the Acura NSX Rick Ware racing car uh, going through there under braking down again at turn 5 we said that would be a, uh, an action area and that was Aidan Reid uh, going through and making up a position really important phase of the race here remember our Porsche keys to the race drive time strategy it's uh, 10 minutes for the DPIs 30 minutes for everybody else that is a change and a problem for the GTD Pro the number 25 BMW M Team RLL down at turn 8 that car is not running at all and John Edwards is desperately trying to recycle the car on the power just before the brand new Speedfield Bridge. Now, two lanes and a pedestrian walkway on that bridge, part of a huge amount of infrastructure investment by Road America here. And John's not been able to get that car going. Race controller being very patient. Already see the safety trucks rolling to try and pull him away. If we go full course yellow they be listening in they're talking to him here come the leaders double yellows at the moment down at uh, the bottom of the hill and he's got it going so really good patience by race control there and we've stayed in green flag conditions there was a Chevy safety truck moving towards an entry point there to snatch that car if necessary my goodness me sterling work from what has been a very very good weekend from race control just off to our right be some very very good decisions this weekend yeah. for race control pragmatic when necessary um, slapping people on the back of the hand when required but letting the race run there rather than going for the big yellow button yeah. straight away excellent work yeah and that, that 25 team Zero look. Ridiculous. I mean, anything that can go wrong has gone wrong this season. And, uh, yeah, the car grinding to a halt there, just uh, a horrible way to start this race. Let me go back to the point I was making from the Porsche keys to the race. Drive time strategy has changed here. For P2, for example, it would have been a one-hour minimum drive time. 
Uh, that has been reduced for all classes bar DPI. DPI, the pro class, is 10 minutes. Uh, everybody else is now 30 minutes. That's to take of account of any possible stoppages for bad weather and to avoid uh, any uh, issues such as we had at Watkins Glen for the sale in six hours of the Glen earlier in the season. That will fundamentally change the way the teams run this race. But right now, there are drivers in there, arm drivers particularly, lesser experienced drivers on slick tyres on a ta track that is getting damper and they have still got plenty of that 30 minutes of drive time to go. They really have to stay out at this point and try and tough this one out. At the front of the field, Philippe Albuquerque now with a second and a half league in the number 10, Conning Minolta Acura. Live from trackside, in sound and vision. Good to have your company, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Battles in GTD Pro for the lead. Matty Campbell goes to the left-hand side. That'll be the outside, down towards turn number one on the black and yellow number 14 Lexus. This car ground to a halt early on in the weekend with a fuel delivery problem. Mechanics work really hard to get it back and... It's been quick all weekend, even at that point. It had just put in the fastest time in that session. Jack Hawksworth, man from the north of England, quite laconic about it, knew the mechanics would do their job. And what a reward for them to put the car at the sharp end of the field and holds the lead in the GTD Pro class. You're not uh, familiar with IMSA racing, five different classes of car, on the track at the same time so effectively you're seeing five races in one for our international viewers it would be like having formula one formula two formula three formula w or w series rather and the porsche super cup all on the track at the same time rather than splitting them through the formula one weekend this is mixed category racing at its very best and the two gt categories gtd pro and GTD, the machinery is identical. It is the grades and the experience of the drivers that are different. So there's no reason why a GTD car, the ones with the, uh, the green number uh, plates on the car, can't be as quick as the GTD pros. It's all about how it's being pedaled by the driver. Around the world on RS2, IMSA Radio. Around the US on Sirius XM207 and around the circuit on FM87.9 here at Road America, this is IMSA Radio. Shay Adam, down in the pit lane. How much traction has your training shoes got in the pit lane? Uh, not a lot. I'm sliding along the pit lane when I want to be. Uh, otherwise, I'm putting my foot down firmly because if you just kind of drag your feet, you'll find yourself slipping like you're in the shower. It is getting slippery out here, and the mist is getting heavier. Becoming more and more difficult for us to see over the back of the paddock now from the western side of the racetrack. Quite heavy rain here this morning at about 6.30 when we were heading in to the track. That dried up. Interesting conditions for the Porsche Carrera Cup North America presented by Visit Cayman Islands. But at the moment, we're still green and we're still on slick tyres. Ten minutes gone, Jeremy Shaw, and the weather is about to play its hand. Yeah, looks like it, doesn't it? It's getting... Uh it's certainly intensifying a little bit now. I want to give a shout out to two guys in particular. One is the LMP2 leader, Patrick Kelly, who's left his teammate to the tune of 13 seconds inside four laps. Amazing run by Patrick Kelly. Absolutely superb. He kind of 52. Also impressive is Jerry Kraut. At the age of 70, 
He's, he's running fifth in LMP3. He's passed three guys already, including the championship leader, John Bennett, uh, in that JDC Miller Motorsports Carnival 90. Brilliant run for Jerry. And I suppose challenging before the start. Yeah, the, the minimum drive time now for, for LMP2 uh, and LMP3 is... Uh, is, is only 30 minutes but he's planning to do more than that and uh, I can see why he's having a huge amount of fun out there at the moment he can't number 90. Now waiting to hear from race control for them to call the race as wet now that is a formality why you might think well we can see when it's wet and surely surely we can put the wet tyres on whenever we want well we have to wait for the call to allow wet tyres to be used. It was it was not called a wet race from the start, which is why they had to start on the tyres on which they qualified, what? just waiting for the, the call for wet tyres to be allowed. Seriously? Yep. I've never heard that before. Yeah, wet race hasn't been called yet. Well, no, you call that before the start of the race. Right, OK. It's, I think it's up to the teams, isn't it, once the race I, has I started? Pre I, pre I presumed that because that hadn't been called before the start of the race is why everybody had to start on their qualifying tyres. If they'd called it a wet race, you could have started on any tyre. No, if it's called a wet race, you have to start on wets. Right, If, yeah. it, if it's if there's no call, you can choose whatever you like. Yeah, so, yeah. so in this case, the tyres that you qualified on. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, right, correct, correct, Le correct. Leaders are through coming through traffic now and Albuquerque's lead that was 1.2 seconds has been cut in half by Alex Lynn for Cadillac Racing down through turn one uh, for Alex with his teammate Sebastian Bourdieu Sebastian didn't have the uh, best day yesterday made a mistake going into turn number 14 dropped his left hand side Michelin's off the track and caught the edge of the kerb which speared him into the gravel trap and ended his session, ended everybody's session actually, brought the red flag out. Uncharacteristic mistake. It's now getting very hectic indeed. One, two, Ooh. three, across the track and a side-by-side -side contact down to turn five yeah. between the number five of Richard Westbrook and the the AM number 27, Roman DeAngelis-driven heart of racing Aston Martin. And... Big day for young Roman De Angelis and that team. They are championship contenders, no doubt. No doubt at all. As now the Richard Westbrook car goes by his teammate down into turn number eight at the bottom of the hill. So a very feisty opening to this race and still only 13 minutes having been completed, 30 has to be completed before we have reached drive time for the first set of drivers. It looks like a traffic jam out there and the drivers having to use every bit of concentration as they carve their way through the braking areas now. The leaders coming through the GTD Pro battles at turn 14. Philippe Albuquerque, Alex Lynn already through there with Sebastian Bourdais. They've just gone past us here in the Hagney Global Broadcast Centre. Here comes Richard Westbrook, who's been pressured now by Tom Blomqvist. And they've got the battle for the lead in GTD Pro ahead of them going into turn number one. That's where Jack Hawksworth is now for Lexus. Really good driving by these two as they dispute the front of the field. Matt Campbell for FAF Motorsport, the 
Haggerty driveway, Porsche. There goes Westbrook past both of those, followed by Blomqvist. <laughs> he goes to the inside. That was video game-esque yeah. there, going down towards turn number five. One or two cars with wipers running now as well. That's a sure sign that it's getting heavier. Olivier Platt starting the number 31. Wheel and Engineering, red and white. Cadillac that he shares with Pete Portorani, the popular Brazilian driver. And now that battle for GTD Pro heading through turn seven. Downhill braking area to turn eight. Do you know what? I think I think it's easing off. Well, it certainly it isn't. hasn't got any heavier. No, has it, it hasn't uh, over the last few minutes. And just looking out to the west, it it looks maybe even a little bit clearer out towards those trees, kind of up towards uh, Elkhart Lake itself. Let's hope. When you want an answer on the rulebook, go to lead pit lane official Johnny Knotts. All right, so what happened was the race was declared, which meant that it was not a wet declaration, and people had to start the race on their qualifying tires. Those tires had to be on the car within 10 minutes of the race starting. You can't touch the cars once the 10-minute-to-go mark is given, as we do have a pit lane caller, and it is John Edwards. His car sounded quite poor the last time the 25 BMW came by the start-finish line. I'll walk up that way to try and get an answer on that, but... It is at the discretion of the teams to whatever tires they should choose to put on the car once the cars have left the pit lane and the race has gone green. So we are not waiting for a call to say go ahead and put on the wet weather tires. Basically, we're waiting for teams to be gutsy and decide to take that risk themselves. Thank you, Shit. The key point that it wasn't declared wet at the start meant that they had to put those qualifying tires, the slick tires on. Thank you, Shit. We got part of the way there. Uh, on that one the key number in terms of minutes to go is when we get round to two hours and uh, ten minutes uh, two hours and ten minutes will be the 30 minute drive time we've already passed it on DPIs by the way the front of the field the pro class it is just a ten minute run and that opens up the strategy absolutely great running at the sharp end of the field by Philippe Albuquerque, he's weathered that storm a very bad choice of words there wasn't it really? uh, but he, he has managed to get through the traffic, that first tranche of traffic Jeremy when Philippe Albuquerque had his lead cut from 1.2 seconds to 0.6 and in fact actually now he's pulled out again over Alex yeah. Lee yeah, new fastest lap of the race last time and a 153.0 for Albuquerque, but Alex Lynn's on a good lap now, he got kind of bottled up in that traffic on that last lap, as you said that, that lead kind of ballooned out again so interesting to see how long it takes him to reduce that deficit again, but a fascinating contest going on out front, the two uh, Cadillacs they're pulling away from Richard Westbrook in that fourth position, who's got a, I'm sure a very frustrated Tom Blumquist right behind him and Olivier Pla making another three-car train. Early, uh, early doors here in the race. This is the uh, the early bids, if you will. Remember our Porsche keys to the race. Drive time strategy. Get your pit stops right. You don't want to make any more than you need to. It's a long pit lane here. Minimise or eliminate penalties. And then make sure you've got the right tyres on at the right time for whatever weather might come our way. Early pit stop for BMW MRLL team. 
Shea Adam is watching the 25 of John Edwards. Uh, it's no wonder that I could hear that something was wrong on this car, John. The floor is broken at the left front of the car. This is behind the left front wheel, but it looks like John had some serious side-to-side -side contact that actually broke one of the brackets, holding the upright and the floor in place. So it's going to be a bit longer of the stop while the crew assesses the damage and tries to figure out a way to duct tape it back together. And also the electronics issue that caused the car to stop out on the track. They opened the passenger side door and the driver's side door. There was no resounding resolution. So let's see if they can get this fixed outside on this side of the pit lane instead of taking back to the garage. Shit, Adam in the pit lane, Jeremy Shaw, John Hindhoff and Ashley Freiberg joins us uh, in the booth for a little driver's eye view. You've got to go out later on for your second race of the weekend. Welcome back to the IMSA paddock and uh, what a way to come back with the Lamborghini Trofeo. Um, been away for a while, <laughs> look forward to be back. How was the first runs in the car? I know the race didn't go how you wanted, but how did you feel getting back in the car for the first time in a while? You know, being away for five years uh, is quite a bit of time. So to be honest, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't really get any test time. It was a last minute call from NTE Sports. So I was surprised how fast I uh, remembered how to drive. <laughs> so got up to speed pretty quick and I'm just so stoked to be back in the car. Uh, they are a proper racing car, those Super Trofeo cars, aren't they? Probably the quickest things in a straight line round here, I would have thought. Oh yeah, we're hitting 172 on the straightaways here. So they're super, super quick. What, what's the key to this circuit, Ashley, particularly for the GT drivers? Great scrap at the front of GTD Pro at the moment between Jack Hawksworth and, uh, and uh, Matthew, uh, Matty Campbell there. Where can you make or lose a lot of time around here? Well, Road America has got these huge straightaways, so it's really all about getting the exit off the corner, being really aggressive on the brake pedal, and then you've got your high-speed corners like the Carousel, the Kink, and Billy Mitchell. So it's got a good mix of everything, but really focusing on exit speed, and I can see the track's kind of drying up, so you're really looking for where the grip is right now. How much can you feel as a driver? Everybody started on, on slicks. You get that, that raindrop on your windscreen, but it's, it must be quite a while before it starts to affect the grip. Is it more, in some ways, is it more like a mental thing that you're seeing on your windscreen? Yeah, I mean, if it's drizzling just a little bit, doesn't necessarily mean the track's really slick. So you kind of have to feel it in the seat of your pants and in the wheel. Uh, when the, the grip starts to go away, you feel the car get a little bit light through the corner. Uh, and that's when you start to maybe drive offline a little bit and try to find where the grip's at. I ride a motorcycle, and as soon as I start see, seeing uh, drops of rain on, on my visor, I start riding quite tense because I hate riding in the wet <laughs> because I'm not very good at it. You must have to throw that out of your mind when you're driving and you see those spots on the, on, the sh on the windshield. Oh, for sure. Driving in the rain is all about finesse. You have to be really, really smooth, so you have to stay relaxed. And, yeah, it, you can also see where the track is slick based on the, the shininess on the track. If it's really shiny, you know that it's slippery. If you see it's a more of a matte color, then that's where the grip's at. Stay with us, uh, Ashley. Uh, Jeremy? Well, just a quick question. I mean, th yeah, this is where you started your racing. I mean, you were originally from the Chicago area, so back home again for you, huh? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I live in Vegas now, so I'm in the middle of the desert where it's super hot. Uh, but it's nice to be uh, back in the Midwest. And, yeah, I race go-karts here, shifter carts. See, so. see a bit of greenery as well in the <laughs> America's National Park. Stay with us. I've got some more questions for you uh, in a moment. Uh, Jeremy, 
times coming in at the sharp end of the field and uh, well, Sebastian Bourdais has gone past his teammate now. He has indeed, up into uh, second position and Bourdais from sixth on the grid, so he's going in the right direction. Tom Blomquist is absolutely not. He's gone from third on the grid down to sixth position, so the championship leader clearly struggling in these sort of conditions. Uh, I'm surprised at that, quite frankly, because he's, I would have thought, generally pretty good in these sort of conditions, certainly given his uh, family lineage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is second generation to Stig Blomqvist and uh, did a lot of racing over in Europe. Five consecutive second place finishes for the number 60 uh, Meershank Racing team that has taken them to the top of the field. It's drying up out there and I can tell that because there's a lot of green times, personal best times coming up onto uh, the screens at the moment. We still have about another seven minutes before drive time has elapsed let's take a vp racing fuel in race update starting with gtd robbie foley 24th overall leads for turner motorsport from robert mcginnis for carbon with Perrigan's lamborghini huracan the number 39 the dark gray a green car he's just put in the fastest lap of that category uh, last time around a 2097 so it is drying up third is stephen mcalea for team caught off in the amg gt3 the number 32 in gtd pro it's Antonio Garcia in third for Corvette Racing. Second, Matt Campbell for Faf Motorsport, who is just about holding on to Jack Hawksworth for the Vasa Sullivan RCF GT3, the number 14 car. About half a second, half to three quarters of a second, depending on where they are on the circuit. They're heading down towards turn eight. Now, in LMP3, Malte Jacobson from pole position and Sean Creek Motorsport is the fastest man in that class he's just brought the fastest lap down to a 203 flat ahead of Cam Shields for Performance Tech Motorsport Cameron in the 38 car and Jared Andretti in the Andretti Autosport number 36 has just put his and the car's fastest lap in a 205645 LMP2 Patrick Kelly has cleared off um, I, somebody must I, I reckon Patrick Kelly somehow managed to sneak a DPI onto that LMP2 chassis. He's just disappeared, super driving. 35 seconds to the good, 39 seconds to the good from Stephen Thomas in second. And he's just put another fastest lap of that class in, a 156 at six there. And Dennis Anderson for the red and white number 20 high class racing in third. At the front of the field, it's a second and a half now between Albuquerque and the charging Sebastian Bourdier in the first of the two Cladillacs. 10 from 0-1, from 0-2. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. You mentioned Patrick Kelly there, John, and I think I know what's fueling his fire a little bit more. The 2020 LMP2 champion was looking forward to this race so much in that season. Well, this was one of the few that he did not wind up on the top step of the podium. He didn't wind up on the podium at all in that race. So for Patrick Kelly, today is all about redemption. So that is your VP Racing Fuel in race update three wide across the line in front of us and three prototypes and now they've got to pick their way past uh, John Jonathan Edwards's car John Edwards's car uh, and uh, excuse me that's uh, Madison Snow in the number one Paul Smith racing machine Dennis Anderson right in the middle of that in the high class racing number 20 and somehow everyone has got through Three prototypes across the line there, tremendously spectacular, and I realised that I took a step back from the window yeah. there as they were going by us. 37 cars started this race, uh, around four miles. That's not a huge traffic coefficient, but the, you tend to come across uh, clumps of cars driving together. Lamborghini down the inside, that's a pass 
fourth position in GT as the uh, number 12 RCF of Frankie Montecalvo is under pressure from Jaden Conright, the inaugural winner of the uh, diversity, IMSI Diversity Scholarship in the NTESSR. So effectively, you've been teammates with those guys uh, this weekend. What was the... Uh, oh, spinner down at turn number eight. Uh, and that was... Stephen Thomas. Stephen Thomas from the number 11 car from third in LMP2. Whoops. It's raining harder down there and he slid off into the gravel. He's going to get himself stuck. Oh, he almost got himself pointing in the right direction. That is not coming out of there. And that will be our first yellow flag with four minutes to go. Four minutes to go before we get to drive time. So he was spun, spinning right in front of Dennis Anderson. Well done to everybody, uh, including uh, Alex Lynn and Sebastian Bourdais. He got it pointed sort of in the right direction, but the grass is so slippery down there that he misjudged his flick turn and spun into the gravel. Ashley Freiberg is with us uh, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast uh, Centre, running for the uh, Lamborghini Trofeo later on for NT and SSR. So you've been uh, been seeing these guys working in the big class as well, I presume. Uh, Jaden's a cracking driver, uh, really coming on very well. Yeah, absolutely. And he actually raced Super Trofeo at Watkins Glen before this weekend, and he did great, qualified on pole. So before I came here, I was definitely picking his brain on how to drive this car because it is a new model since I last drove it. So Many differences? Uh, there's a few differences. It has a lot more downforce the brakes are a lot better i think the front grips a little bit better as well so um, just a few minor things but i mean still very helpful to to, to know before i came here we'll let you get away in a second because i know you've got to go and prepare for for your race what is prep what does preparation involve here first of all you've i mean you've got to take a guess on the weather but other other than that how will you prepare for the the race this afternoon a lot of watching video, studying data, talking to my engineer. Uh, before this race, I actually was uh, watching the Porsche GT3 Cup race just to see what they're doing with the rain line because it's been a minute since I've been here. So it's just uh, a lot of observation and taking little bits and pieces and putting it together once they get out there. Uh, it's been far too long since we spoke to you, Ashley. <laughs> Five years, far too long. Welcome back uh, to the IMSA paddock. And um, we wish we were. Are we going to see you again? Is this the start of, of your, your comeback? Are we going to say that? Absolutely. I'm coming back. <laughs> Excellent. Like you've never been away. Ashley Freiberg joining us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. And uh, let's go to share Adam down in the pit lane. A recovery underway for Stephen Thomas. I think he's going to lose a lap, but it looks to me as though it's raining a little heavier outside. Uh, it definitely is, John. I've put my raincoat on, but the problem is, do you stay out on the slick tyres or do you put the reins on? Because since this pit lane window will open up, once minimum drive time has been met, it looks like everybody and their mother is going to be coming down the pit lane to do a driver change because you don't want to get caught out on the wrong side of a potential red flag. Now, we're not playing this race as if we're going to get a red flag, but you can't afford to not have both of your drivers hit that minimum time. I did see several of the DPI teams with rain tires up against the wall, then scrambling to pull them back to go back onto the slick Michelin rubber. But that being said, there are very few new sets of tires, i.e. not scrubbed in, because everybody realizes these are dangerous conditions at this point. We have 52 seconds before the uh, 30 minutes is up. So by the time pit lane opens, it will be spot on. So that takes some of the strategy call out of what will happen. 30 minutes drive time for all classes bar DPI, which was 10. 
plenty of places to shelter under the trees here with the bleachers, with some of the new golf cart terracing and lots of new hard standing and trails around the circuit since I was last here in 2019. Called the races from afar for the last couple of years. My goodness, it's lovely to be back and well done to everybody involved with uh, Road America. The husbandry of this area is uh, exemplary and no wonder you are rewarded with big crowds and it has been a big crowd, huge crowd here yesterday. Lots of people camping. I know there's been some problems with uh, diseased ash trees uh, in this part of the world and particularly here at Road America but even that has been turned into a positive by the circuit here some trees that have been cut down they've been turned into fabulous sculptures and new foliage and trees being planted to cover that in the future big round of applause for all of the improvements and the continued investment in Road America the founders would be very proud indeed absolutely upholding the ideals of what this circuit was built for back in 1955 and the good news is that it continues with a full repave of the classic layout starting in October this year the investment continues now there's a pass around going on at the moment which will get some of the P2 cars uh, and some of the GT cars by our Corvette C8 safety car. Basically anybody who is between the safety car and their class leader, Jeremy, gets to go back around. Multi-class racing, it's easy to affect some of the other classes rather than the top class when you have to call a safety car for, for obvious safety reasons. This mitigates some of that. Yeah, uh, yeah it absolutely does. And uh, it takes away any disadvantage that would have been caused to uh, yeah, purely by the uh, by the timing of the safety car. Oops, there's a spin there under yellow for uh, well Dennis he's Anderson. Just, he's just had the pass around. Yes, he has. So he was trying to hustle around. Now, he'll have to be case. He's not got any lock there. He's just about made it. Now, can he get back in front of the safety no, he car? he can't. Now, will he be allowed to go by again here? He'll be, I think he's on the radio. I think he'll be all right. He won't be able to pass anybody else. But my bet was he was hustling around, coming out of turn one and just lost it. Yes, that's exactly what's happened. Uh, and he was very lucky not to hit the wall there. I don't think that'll extend this full course yellow because he's getting back around. But that shows you how difficult it is. Downforce car, of course, as you drive slower, bizarrely, it, uh, it actually makes things diff more difficult because you don't have the grip. The grip. We're, we're hearing that that number 20 car of Dennis Anderson may have been involved in Stephen Thomas spinning and that's been looked at at the moment the number 11 car which caused this full course caution going into the gravel yeah. trying to recover at turn 8 certainly was in the vicinity yeah. of that uh, but race control making sure that everything was above board he certainly caught him up uh, and he was uh, 7 seconds behind him only a couple of 3 laps before but Dennis made that up uh, being pursued as he was Dennis Anderson by both Henrik Hedman well particularly Henrik Hedman John Ferrano had fallen back somewhat in car number 8 uh, but uh, yeah they certainly made some big grounds towards catching 
Stephen Thomas, who uh, had a brilliant run yesterday in qualifying, was thrilled to get that pole position just ahead of his teammate Patrick Kelly. But uh, in the race, man, Patrick's just left him absolutely far behind. He pulled out, pulled out well over half a minute in that first uh, uh, dozen laps. Very, very impressive. And Stephen Thomas, you know, I mean, he's only been racing for, for two or three years. Patrick Kelly was out of racing for a long, long, long time, time, but he did some GT3 Cup back in the, you know, back in the day, uh, well, 10 years or so ago. So he's got uh, relatively a lot of experience over the years, plus uh, his, uh, his job, if you like, he's a... Uh, He's a, uh, a uh, game director, basically, creative director uh, for various, uh, various popular games, of which I, I know nothing. But, um, <laughs> but he, you know, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a kind of a leader in his fit, not kind of, he's a leader in his field, is uh, Patrick Kelly. And he, was, he was involved in uh, Call of Duty and modern war- warfare oh, nice. and games such as that first-person shooter games. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people will know what uh, Jeremy's talking about there. Hello to Fair Use. Uh, here in the US, listening in on IMSA Radio at imsaradio.com. Uh, if you're outside the US, you can get pictures there as well. Alan Prosser doing his usual great go- job as well. And Ben Wedge here at the track has tweeted at IMSA Radio. He said, now uh, it's a heavy mist or light rain in T turn eight anyway. Enough moisture. I've had to put the rain gear back on. Ben, thanks for uh, letting us know. And let's head down to the pit lane from the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre where Sheer Adam is watching for tyre choices here. <laughs> it's still dry. It's got to be, surely it's got to be yeah. all slicks. It's not dry in the pit lane anymore. Uh, we've got, by and large, two different radar systems going on for the two different categories of cars, so it seems. In the prototype class, it looks like slick tire choice for all of the teams that I've seen, both LMP2 and DPI. As far as GTD is concerned, both pro and normal, well, they all have rain tires up on the wall, except for two cars. That would be the 14 Lexus. They've not yet decided on tires, but they do have slick ones up on the wall ready to go. They do have wet ones close by as well. And FAF have both varieties available so it will be a game time decision but the prototypes come in first there will be driver changes in what looks like almost every single car throughout that field definitely going to be Pippo Durrani uh, Ricky Taylor and Ollie Jarvis for the 31 10 and uh, 60 respectively and here they come uh, down the pit lane it's a very long trundle and they have to stay at the pit lane speed limiter i'm also looking down to see the number five that's the uh, jdc racing the mustang racing mustang sampling racing uh they do not have votier in the car uh votier up on the wall so it looks like they're going to leave westy in the car for a little bit longer but watching the dpi stops we have all six of them in the lane and Sebastian Bourdais staying aboard that car. Ranger Van Der Zanden not yet suited. Alex Lynn staying aboard the 0-2. Driver changes for the ones that I mentioned earlier, though, Pippo Durrani. And it is slick tires for all of these cars. Philippe Albuquerque is out. He did not get the monsoon that he hoped for. But now it's Ricky Taylor's turn to go. Tom Blanca, slow getting out of the car, shakes his head. It's used car, used tires on the 0-2 and the 10. Those are scrubbed rubber, so they will not be as slippery. They were shiny and new for the 0-1 and the 60, so the Cadillac and the Acura, respectively. Cadillac is set first, but I think the 10 is the first car back out of its box. Yes, indeed. Beautiful stop for Chip Ganassi Racing's boys and girls. A new tail going on to the 60. No, they're pulling the engine cover off. There is a problem for the championship leader. The nose has come off as well. John, this is disaster for Meyer Shank Racing. We'll keep you up to date with that. We share Adam down in the pit lane. And 
they seem to be working on the steering arms and the top suspension they're making a suspension change they're making a suspension change I reckon that I think they might be going to a more wet setup on that car they, I think they're loosening things off there Jeremy well, on that car I mean, they're doing it under under the the best opportunity they're not going to lose a lap here this is but this is rolling the dice a little bit isn't it uh, yeah potentially certainly but I mean he's really struggled I, I, we talked about it a while ago and he was losing a lot of time to uh, the other particularly the other, the other Acura but even to the other contenders in the class he's fallen a long long way back and so yeah, it was a major struggle so hey look nothing ventured nothing gained uh, before we go back to green there will be the class split so even though he's going to come out at the back of all the prototypes before we get back to green that number 60 car is going to be able to haul up onto the tail end with the other DPIs. so yeah, nothing ventured nothing gained this is a really good move by this team the guy was clearly struggling Oliver Jarvis is going to take over that car hopefully not struggle as much uh, with this change to the setup the only other thing I can think of is that they, they'd made some changes beforehand and they haven't worked. But uh, Shea's getting closer to that car. They have changed the whole rear wing section on that car for one that came up from behind the wall. So either they started on a, an aggressively wet setup and it wasn't working with the slick tyres, or they were ha on a halfway house setup on the slick tyres and it wasn't working. But they've clearly changed the downforce setup at the rear of the car. Tom Blancmas wasn't liking the balance on that car. Slick tyres went on, used slick tyres went on that car, and Ollie Jarvis was plugged in with just on two hours to go. The championship leader then, with very different strategy from everybody else. Now, they've lost track position in terms of where they were. Well, actually, no, they haven't because they dropped to the back of the class anyway. Okay, and as I was just saying, before we go back to Green John, when they have the class split, he'll be able to move back up onto the tail of the DPI. So, absolutely nothing ventured, nothing gained. Cher Adam has asked the team what the situation was in terms of their setup. What did they start on? Slick tyres they had to start on, Cher, but what was the setup they started on? Well, they didn't know they were going to be starting on slick tyres until about 10 minutes before the start of the race. They were on a wet setup, anticipating more rain. They have now gone back to a more dry one, and don't be surprised if they come back in to finish the changes. They got most of what they wanted done, but still, they can make it a little bit better for Ollie Jarvis. So does that mean, Cher, that they have rolled some downforce off that tail that they put on. If you're on a wet setup, you normally have more downfalls. So they've trimmed the car out a little bit as well? Correct. Right. Okay. Thank you, Shea. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. It will be the GT cars uh, coming in this time around. <laughs> Shea, I like the idea that you posited that they all had uh, a different set of radar, but I've just seen quite a lot of shuffling around of tyres in the pits, the GT pits opposite us. Well, remember I said GT were clearly looking at a different radar? Well, they are because everybody that I can see up and down the pit lane have wet weather tyres. We've now got them out for Corvette racing as well. Driver changes up and down the field. For FAFA, it will be Matthew Jaminet taking over Jordan Taylor in the number three Corvette. Ben Bartikot in the number 14 Lexus and Aaron Tielitz, hometown hero in the number 12. We've got Maxime Martin for the number 12. 27 Aston Martin, the sister car, the 23, Ross Gunn taking over there. Connor DeFilippi is up on the wall for the 25 BMW. Uh, we'll have to see if they actually did make drive time for John Edwards because they spent 
a good amount of time in the pit lane and time in the pit lane does not count. We've got the AMG leading the championship into the pit lane. Stephen McLear started the race. He's going to be kicking himself right now because these are his kind of Scottish conditions, but it is time for Mike Skeen for Wright Motorsport. This was the best possible opportunity. Jan Halen getting in for Ryan Hardwick. We've got for the number 96 Turner Motorsport BMW, Bill Oberlin getting in for Robbie Foley, the 39 Carbon Lamborghini. That is Jeff Westfall in place for Rob McGinnis. We've got Brian Sellers in the number one Formula Racing BMW now. Phil Ellis in the 57 Mercedes for Windward Racing. The Acura, the 51 Big Bear Racing now has Ryan Eversley aboard. Uh, we've got a driver change for the number 79 uh, Mercedes. That would stop taking a little bit longer. Daniel Giancanella took over there. Marco Holzer is aboard the number 42 Lamborghini for NTE Sport. And John, everybody, everybody, wet weather tires. Really? Very interesting. Uh, less downforce, of course. Uh, less uh, downforce on those cars. Uh, so you're relying a little more on mechanical grip. And remember uh, what Bill Oberlin was saying in our Michelin countdown to Green, for those of you who were with us earlier on. The Michelin wet tyre traditionally has been very good in transition conditions. And... Uh, so from wet to dry or from dry to wet it will still give you good performance interesting to hear that that new BMW uh, that uh, those guys are driving and new for this season they've run it on wet Pirelli tyres wet Hankook tyres but never on wet Michelin tyres uh, the car had a good balance on one of those other manufacturers Bill was too diplomatic to say uh, which one didn't work for it let's go down to uh, Shea Adam we're still under yellow uh, for that uh, recovery of uh, Stephen Thomas's car that has happened he, he's rolling again uh, Stephen McAleer down in the pit lane Stephen these are your kinds of conditions GTD championship points leader light rain how difficult was it to actually get out of the car I just said to, to Walt, our engineer and strategy guy, I said uh, tell Mike hopefully he enjoys two hours in the rain because I'm, I'm a little bummed right now um, you know, it sucks for whatever car went off and caused the caution there, but uh, it certainly was needed if we had stayed under green there with, uh, with those conditions getting a little worse. It was a matter of time before we had an accident. So uh, I think everybody's on reins. Uh, it looks like we lost a couple of spots in the pits, which I'm not too happy about. We'll, um, we'll see if we can pick that up. It's two hours to go, but, uh, you know, Mike is fantastic in the rain. I'm a little jealous right now, but I think he's going to do a great job. And uh, as of right now, the two cars are closest to us and the points are behind us. So we'll see if we can hang on. Yeah, I mean, mate, you can always let him drive 30 minutes and then you jump back aboard. You can just uh, be nice to the strategist. Got to ask about the conditions, though. It was a little bit sketchy out there at that point. That last end lap behind the pace car was uh, very easy to get yourself in trouble um, with the slicks on your tire just cooling down and stuff. So um, not a surprise that somebody spun on the, the, you know, behind the pace car there. So it's going to be interesting. Um, you know, I hope... Uh, Mike enjoys himself. If uh, if I could have fed him some halibut last night, like I did at Laguna, and maybe uh, maybe feel sick in 30 minutes, I can get back in. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. This should be a good good fun for the uh, the fans here. Thanks, Stephen. Good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, Shane. You can almost hear the disappointment in his voice there, oh, Jeremy. Couldn't you? He's like, yeah. this is like, oh, this is my time. This is my time. Yeah. But, but yes. she says 30 minutes. 30 minutes time. You know, possibility. Nobody can go at the end from here, so there will be another pit stop for that oh, car. Yeah, there'll be, no, there'll be several more pit stops yeah. for that car, but uh, I, I, that's, that's why I don't like the fact that uh, we changed this minimum drive time 
before the start of the race when you know if it's just a bit of rain you know who cares uh, I think that was a, a knee-jerk reaction that didn't need to be made at that stage quite frankly um, so I think that's rather disappointing for, for several drivers just to drive half an hour in a two hours and 40 minute race that's uh, that's not a lot of fun particularly when you're, you know, when you're a, a, a pro driver like, you know, like Stephen is yeah. well. and, and, and the other guys up front as well yeah it's kind of anyhow it is what it is uh, you talked about number 11 car getting out of the gravel not yep. only that uh, he got back he lost a lap but he stayed out when the other, everybody else came into the pits, did Stephen Thomas, and he's just got the wave around, so he's now back on the lead lap in LMP2. So uh, that uh, number 11 car of Stephen Thomas, the pole sitter, is now back on the same lap as everybody else. The number six Marshank Racing car with Ollie Jarvis aboard back in for a very quick stop, and not sure what that was for. There, there were wet tyres up on the wall but they were not used. They did not change the tyres for Ollie Jarvis. Um, thought they might have been doing a little bit more work. I wonder if they just did something at the back of the car that I missed. Maybe changed the rear wing angle or took off a, a gurney flap or something like that. Wasn't time to put one in. But uh, he's going to be at the back of the line. But there will be the DPI class split. In fact, that is happening now. So... Ollie making the actually quite nerve-wracking run down the outside of the GT cars. You've got to hope that they're not trying to put heat into their tyres and having to drive offline. He is still on slicks. He's being very careful down towards turn five. That he knows that every that everyone knows that he is coming. Uh, watching his rear view as well as he comes through the tall Englishman with an impeccable record for major manufacturers. Former Audi works driver. Just coming into the prime of his career, I would say. Good development driver as well. Surely there'll be some opportunities for Ollie in the new DPI era. Real benchmark for any team to be able to put Audrey into the car having driven at the very highest level in the old LMP1 hybrid eras yeah and uh, that's a GT shuffle around there with the, the Corvette now in the lead of that class great pit stop as uh, ever by Corvette Racing gets Jordan Taylor out ahead of both uh, Ben Barnicott and Matthew Jaminet the number 14 Lexus and the number 9 uh, Faf Porsche, they've been running in that same order, the number 14 and the number 9, but number 3 Corvette leapfrogged uh, not only them, but also the first couple of cars in GTD, which has uh, stayed in the in the same order, number 96 and 39, so a brilliant pit stop by the number 3 team. In third position then in GTD is Aaron Tielitz in the uh, second of the Vassar Sullivan Lexus. Uh, lo lo you know, home, home state for Aaron Tielitz, of course, from Rice Lake in Wisconsin. Uh, but Northern lives in, uh, Minis in um, Minneapolis, uh, Twin Cities areas at the moment, but uh, that's where it's from. It uh, looks like the safety car is in, and we're going to go back to green in very tricky conditions here, particularly as the, all the prototypes are still on slicks, aren't they? And cold slicks at that, yeah. Jeremy, albeit with a heat cycle on them. Sebastian Bordier's redemption is now complete. He's driven up through the GT. I nearly said GTP field there. I mean, you're ahead of myself. DPI field. 
and takes the lead round the outside into turn one. Ricky Taylor, absolutely nothing for him. And Taylor's going backwards at the moment. The Acura struggling, having restarted at the front of the field. Bordes had a problem down at turn three. And here comes Alex Lynn, side by side. Goes through into the lead. No, check that. It's Richard Westbrook. Excuse me. Westy's gone through. Alex Lynn and Sebastian Bordier left in his wake now. These are Richard Westbrook conditions. And the black and silver, number five, restarted in fifth position for GDC Miller Motorsports. The Mustang sampling car, absolutely outstanding. Ding, ding, seconds out, round two at the front of GTD Pro, where it's still Lexus versus Porsche. But now coming to join in the fun. Well, yeah, but they've got past the Corvette then because the Corvette That's was right. leading at the restart. That's a good point. So both of the Taylor boys, very, very circumspect in the wet conditions. There was a little bit of side-by-side action when the Lexus went through on the Corvette and then a big sideways moment on the kerb for the number three Corvette of Jordan Taylor. Yeah, he did get a little bit of a bump and run at turn number seven. And through they have gone. Still sits in third position. So all the GT, GT cars are on wets and all, all the prototypes on drives. That's going to be interesting. You've got to think that's downforce uh, uh, versus wait. grip related, haven't you? Yeah. This is going to be a really bonkers few minutes until they settle themselves down and get some heat back into the tyres. It is, a, am afraid, a vicious circle. Uh, and we have a penalty. I'll come back to my thought in a moment. It is the high-class car. Shea's just told me there was definitely damage on the back of the number 11 cars if it had been hit. Well, the stewards have seen even more than we have. As off has gone the number 31 at the final corner. And that is uh, Pipo Tarani. So Richard Westbrook, is, is Westbrook on wets? I didn't see. I think see, he must be. I didn't see. I didn't see that pit stop. I was watching the zero two. Uh, Westy's coming in. He's coming into the pit lane. Who is? Uh, sorry, Westy, six zero. Gone. Six zero. Coming into the pit lane. Ollie Jarvis. As the rain Westbrook is getting has, worse. Westbrook has checked out. Absolutely checked out. Twelve seconds clear. He's got he to must, be. He's got to be on wet. He, he's got to be on wet, and yeah. that's what the. And that's what Ollie Jarvis is coming in for now. There was a brand new set of wets up on the wall. Uh, and Pipo Durrani has rejoined and gone through. So crucial. I said this was going to be a crucial time of the race. Uh, High Class have got the, uh, the penalty drive through for contact with the number 11. Let's catch up on that. It's Fabian Scherer. Uh, Fabio Scherer behind the wheel of that car that Dennis Anderson started. So JDC... Looks like they gambled on putting some wet tyres on the car. Shea is going to check that. See if we can see down through the slats as they go through. Not quite. Um, he's in a different postal yeah, code absolutely. to everybody yeah. else at the moment. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got to be on wets uh, and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and and grinning from ear to ear. Meantime, the battle for first Ooh. in GTD Pro down at turn five. A minute or two. A gore, got a little physical and uh, not in the Olivia Newton John sense. Look it up, kids. Uh, on the curb on the right hand side, the Faf Motorsport Porsche. Very difficult to get it slowed down there. Um, that's a 
change of uh, driver for that car don't forget and Mathieu Jaminet now in that car who is battling with Jordan Taylor there Ben Barnicut is taken off uh, in the Vassar Sullivan Lexus RCF so that was the battle for second and third and the Porsche finds itself down in third position now as it goes through Canada Corner must be some local knowledge here from JDC Melobos what's there from, from Minnesota not Wisconsin but uh, close enough and he is just absolutely gone in the lead he's 15 seconds clear of Louis Delatraz in the uh, LMP2 car in second position. Right behind him is Juan Pablo Montoya. That's going to be interesting. And Josh Pearson also ahead of Sebastian Bourdais. Are, are the P2 cars on? On they, I think they must be on. Uh, yeah, they've got to be on uh, on wets as well. No Ricky. question. So it's Cadillac of Richard Westbrook that leads three wide a moment or two ago coming up the hill and there are some cars that are struggling for grip coming up the hill so some of the P2s are still on slicks I reckon there Jeremy because looking at how they're struggling for grip coming out of turn 3 coming out of turn 14 and how other people are driving around them uh, including Richard Westbrook uh, who is ridiculously quick at the moment it's uh, Louis Delatraz up in the second overall now yeah. for the number eight. Uh, that is the Tower Motorsport machine. They are on wets, confirmed from the pit lane. JPM, Juan Montoya in the 81. Yeah, and I think I think the uh, high-class racing car came in on that uh, right uh, right after the green and next lap around that came in for. Were, uh, uh, wets, I think Fabio Shira driving that. Well, car he, now. he had to do. Don't forget, he had to do oh, a drive through. Penalty, didn't you? That's a good yes, point. for hitting the uh, the number. Good point. Uh, Eleven good car point. and but causing this. Ryan Diel has just come into the pits, and uh, that will be for uh, wet weather tyres. So a big shake up then in the line up throughout the field as we said in our Porsche keys to the race weather and tyres would be key here and so it has proved to be <laughs> Richard Westbrook leads by 17 seconds from the leading LMP2 car Louis Delatraz for Tower Motorsport the number 8 second overall and leads his class is a 2 second gap to Juan Montoya for Dragon Speed the 81 car in third these are all LMP2s by the way Josh Pearson the young driver for PR1 Matheson Motorsport he is in fourth place then it's Bourdais in fifth and second in DPI ahead of Ricky Taylor restarted in the lead but has dropped back now to 42 seconds behind Richard Westbrook then Alex Lynn then another eight seconds further back people Durrani after that spin but he's coming back he's quicker than the other slick tired car but nowhere near Richard Westbrook. We're looking at 2.26 for people, who's the quickest of the slick tyre car. 2.12 for Richard Westbrook. And what is Ollie Jarvis doing as he gets up to speed? That's a car that we need to watch as well, the number 6.0. In LMP3, Philippe Fraga leads for Riley Motorsport in the number 74. The orange and blue car from the 36, black and white car of Gabby Chavez and Andretti Autosport. Then the... Stars and Stripes number 33, Sean Creech Motorsport, Schwab Barbosa in GTD Pro. It's Barnicourt for Vassar Sullivan in the black and yellow Lexus number 14 from the plaid Porsche of Faf Motorsport and Mathieu Jaminet in the number 9. 
Umbrellas going back up on the start-finish line here as well, by the way. Roskun of Heart of Racing team in third for the 23. Aston Martin in GTD. Team Court of Mike Skeen. 32 Mercedes leads from Jan Heerlen in the blue and black. Bright Motorsports Porsche number 16. And making his first visit oh, wow. to the National Park of Speed here. Daniel Juncadella for WeatherTech Racing 79 in third place. Championship leader in LMP3 is in the pits for uh, uh, Colin Brown uh, I presume a change of tyres there for him also it must be crossover now when you see a 2 minute 12 for the leader of the race and people to Rani a couple of seconds quicker than anybody else on slicks but he's he's 20 uh, he's 14 seconds slower he did a 24 last time around and there's a lot of spray coming off the back of the cars now on the faster parts of the course this is wet weather track now full wet it'll be pit 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 box box oh. box for wet tyres yeah. now the question for me Jeremy is though those those uh, changes we still need to have a word with uh, somebody down at My Shank Racing ideally Tom Blomqvist um, and we're just waiting to get a, a chat with them at the moment about what those changes were, whether they gambled on their settings and whether they've gone back to a full dry setup or not. Into the pit lane for the second place DPI, Sebastian Bourdais. Into the pits for Cadillac Chip Ganassi. And in fact, also coming in as well uh, is uh, Ricky Taylor. So Bourdais and Taylor in the pit lane. No, it's not. It, Yes, yes. Yeah, Bourdais, and Taylor, Lynn, and, Lynn and, and Durrani as well. Yeah, all coming in. Yeah. Shea Adam is down there. First car to hit its marks will be Sebastian Bourdais. This is a full service stop, fuel tires, and a driver change. Ranger Van is taking over for that car. The sister car will also be getting a full service stop as it hits its marks, but the next car into its box is Ricky Taylor. I've just heard push it forward from one of the teams. I'm not sure which one it was, though. Uh, just interfering with my radio. Full wet weather tires for Ricky Taylor now, and wet weather tires for Ranger Van de Zander. Ranger drops off the air jacks and is sent clear and away well before everyone else. Waiting next on the Conic Minolta Acura. This car off the air jacks, waiting on the fuel. There goes Ricky, and the next car out should be Earl Bamber in the 0-2 with Pippo Durrani also coming in. Fuel and tires for the Whalen Engineering Cadillac. No, it's Alex Lynn stayed aboard with the 0-2 for Cadillac Chip Ganassi Racing. Yeah, so Van der Zander in the 0-1. Ricky Taylor staying in the 1-0. Alex Lynn staying in and Pippo staying in. Richard Westbrook cruising at the front of the field at the moment. Well, How? relatively relatively I mean he's, he's 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 pushing hard to make a, you know to take full advantage of this opportunity what's interesting to me is he's doing 213s uh, and so are some of the Ryan DL did a 213 last time around Juan Montoya did a 213 last time around they're in LMP2 cars Ollie Jarvis who we know is on wet weather tyres did a 299 so did they go the wrong way on setup? Shea Adam will find out with the man who started the race and had such problems with that number 60. Tom Blomqvist can explain, Shea. Tom, it seems like the hardest thing in the world to drive a race car when it's on a wet weather setup and dry tires out there. What did they do to make the car better for Ollie? To be honest, I'm not sure because <laughs> I haven't actually checked in what exactly they changed. But um, yeah, no, we've had a tough weekend, really. Um, you know, We've had moments where the car's been good and we just haven't really hit the sweet spot. And yeah, that first stint was 
It was pretty bad, you know, just lacked, lacked a lot of grip and uh, yeah, it wasn't easy to keep the car on the track. So uh, yeah, obviously we took a punt, uh, made some changes at the stop. Also we were at the back, so uh, you know, we were able to get onto the wet tire a little bit earlier than the others, which has now pushed us back up, but uh, yeah, still a long, long way to go. And uh, yeah, who knows what's happening at the moment. It's, yeah, it's not really raining enough to be properly, you know, if it stops, it's gonna obviously dry out quite quickly, but uh, hey, it's, it's the same for everyone now, so we just have to manage it the best we can. Were you guys expecting the rain to come and have to start on a full wet setup? Yeah, I mean, we weren't exactly happy with our dry setup. Uh, you know, we, we quality yesterday was we were a bit off. Um, so obviously, we, we made some changes there to to try and do something today in the race. But uh, yeah, that that first thing was was pretty woeful. So uh, yeah. Anyway, the race is still long. Um, we've got ourselves back into a fighting position. So hopefully now Ollie can you know really truck down in these conditions. It's obviously. We're Brits and uh, yeah, we're used to driving in this sort of stuff, so uh, let's see. Good luck. Cheers, thank you. It's the championship leader that we're talking about there. Five second places consecutively. Meantime, there's been a change at the top of GTD Pro, courtesy of a little mistake down ah. at turn number five for Jack Hawksworth, excuse me, for Ben Barnicott, who took over from Jack Hawksworth, and Matthew Jaminet didn't need uh, any second invitation as he went up Fireman's Hill to turn six. Thanks very much indeed. I'll take over the lead. That battle, two different drivers now, but exactly as hot and feisty as it was with their co-drivers at the start of the race. But now Porsche leads GTD Pro uh, here with still an hour and 37 minutes to go. Uh, and LMP3, it's now led by F Felipe Fraga heading into turn one, I think, right now. Right ahead of him on the road, I'm pretty sure it was, was Colin Brown. Having made that extra pit stop, just ahead of uh, Fraga on the road, so not quite a lap down. Just look at the lap times last time around. It's a 2.19 for Colin Brown, number 54 car, and it was a 2.18 for Fraga. So he caught him a little bit on that lap, so uh, Colin Brown desperately trying to stay on the lead lap. The fastest car on the track at the moment uh, last time around was actually Ryan DL, uh, 2 minutes 12.4 in LMP2 car, to, uh, 2 minutes 12.6 for both uh, Louis Delatras, also in a P2 car, and our race leader, Richard Westbrook. Yeah, uh, Colin Brown in the 52, Jeremy, is just going round turn eight now, and the number 74, the Riley car, leading the class with Philippe Fraga. Uh, well, let me do that again. Leader is now coming down into turn eight about now, and exiting the carousel is Colin Brown. So he's, he's got about the length of the carousel between himself and getting lapped, but he, he's lapping a little bit quicker than the leader. And I'll talk about the leaders doing 2.12s. Uh, Renger van der Zander on his first lap out there on wet weather tyres, 209.6. more like it. So three seconds quicker. Uh, D uh, Richard Westwick just comes across the line, had a, bit, a little bit of traffic, 214.1. 213.8 for Oli Jarvis as he starts to get up to speed with the wet weather tyres on that Acura. Seem that uh, neither of the Acuras are uh, particularly happy uh, in the wet weather. Uh, Ricky Taylor on an outlet. Let's see how he does. Yeah. He was, uh, in fairness, he was struggling as many were because he was still on the slick tyres. A couple of AMGs battling together down under the new Speedville Bridge. 
uh, in the number 79 that's Daniel Juncadella and right ahead of him is the class leader Mike Skeen so that's first and second team caught off Mercedes uh, in the number 32 coming down to the kink now let's have a listen that was actually a lift and a break through the kink that tells you how tricky it is through there at the moment even for the GT or particularly for the GT cars as Ollie Jarvis goes past that battle in the pink Sirius XM Acura Ooh, side by side down there the number 60 finding some grip on the outside Ollie Jarvis knows that this is his opportunity he will have his wet weather tyres up to temperature Richard Westbrook still some uh, 1 minute and 30 seconds 1 minute and 40 seconds ahead of the next DPI car that's the lead Ollie Jarvis is actually in second in DPI, although sixth position, because he's got four LMP2 cars between himself and Richard Westbrook, who leads the motor race. It's a topsy-turvy world, as we are still an hour and 34 minutes to go in this race. And it will surprise you not at all if I say it's clearing up a little bit. <laughs> the sky is lightning from whence the, the direction from whence the rain arrived. It's now clearing, but the, the, the wind has changed and moved around a little bit. It's coming more from the west and the south than from the north, as it was at ground level, at least. That doesn't necessarily mean that that is the same uh, in the atmosphere where the, uh, where the weather is being blown around. Now, this battle for GTD Lee down at turn five. Round the outside, Daniel Juncadella. I was amazed to find out that he'd never been here before. He turned down the opportunity to race in Europe to come here. He wanted to be here. He goes down the inside and takes the lead at turn six. Mike Skeen not really fighting that one. Smart moves by Mike. Maybe not the time to be battling now with still more than 90 minutes to go. But that's a new leader, Jeremy Shaw, in GTD. Juncadella for WeatherTech Racing. Over 600 WeatherTech guests here this weekend. Their corporate headquarters just down the road and they're very much of this area. Yeah, home track also for Cooper McNeil, of course, for the same reason. And Dan Danny Uncadella, a great character, loves this racetrack. Yeah, no, another opportunity, as you just said, to race the ADAC Masters Championship in Germany this weekend. Uh, this opportunity came up, jumped at it, heard a lot about Road America, couldn't wait to get here. Saw him yesterday uh, briefly, at, well, nice to have a chat with him yesterday and absolutely loves the place and it shows right now that's a really impressive drive for Danny Uncadela. So Uncadela now actually gaining under brakes on the Corvette ahead of him. Remember the GT3 cars have ABS so both of these cars this is absolutely extraordinary. Cooper McNeil down in the pit lane. We'll talk to him at the moment as Juncadella on pace uh, drives by Jordan Taylor in the Corvette. Same balance of performance throughout the whole GT category. It's all about the driver. The Corvette comes back uh, under the brakes to turn one. And the WeatherTech car taking the lead down into turn five. On this lap, share Adam, a perfect time to speak to Daniel Juncadella's teammate, Cooper McNeil. 
Cooper, it's nice to uh, come over and chat with you when your car is in the lead of GTD and Daniel Yunkadela going for the overall lead for GTD, seemingly. Uh, he seems to be fitting in very nicely to this program. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think at this rate, he might get the overall win of the race. Um, but, uh, yeah, not bad for his first rain lap ever at Road America from 10th or 11th to 4th. So, yeah, leading now, I mean, Danny's... Uh, one of the best there is from, from AMG. So big thank you to them for sending him over for this weekend. He actually had another commitment this weekend, um, but chose to come here because he loves IMSA. He loves uh, American racing and, and uh, heard such good things about Road America. He'd never been here before. So, um, yeah, from, uh, from 11th to, to now leading in, in the matter of 10 minutes or so, it was pretty exciting. He's flying out there. Obviously, there's still a long way to go, uh, yeah, hour and a half to go, but... Um, you know, hopefully we, we have some more rain coming because he seems to like that. Well, I was just going to ask because we've seen the uh, 20 high-class racing LMP2 car off the circuit again. Uh, it's very tricky conditions out there, but it keeps drying up. You guys want a lot more rain to keep that Mercedes out front, right? Yeah, more rain would definitely help him. I mean, he, he seems to love it. Uh, this morning I was like, do you like the rain or not, Danny? And he's like, absolutely, let's go, bring it on. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. He's uh, catching one of the Aston Martin Pro Cars right now, so this ought to be pretty interesting. But, yeah, Danny's flying in the WeatherTech Mercedes right now. I'll, uh, let's get back to it with popcorn. It's a big weekend for WeatherTech. Lots of fans, lots of people cheering you on. Good luck, Cooper. Thank you, Shay. Coop McNeil yet to do. Uh, did Cooper start that car, Jeremy? Did Cooper McNeil start that car to his 30 minutes? Yes, he did. Yes, of course, because he, he had to because of his driver rating. Yeah, absolutely. So he now can settle back and watch Daniel Junkadella, EMG factory driver, work his magic. Junkadella uh, now catching the third place GTD Pro Car of Ross Gunn. Quite extraordinarily. But as we said, the potential performance of these cars, identical. A warning for the number 74 Ligier, which leads LMP3 and Philippe Mifraga for blocking. But at the moment, just a warning. That'll be race control seeing him moving around in, uh, in uh, response to cars coming up to him. He hasn't had that much behind him for a little while. He's yeah, been uh, way out in his own, ahead of kind uh, of 36. I mean, it's 14 seconds clear. Last, last I looked. It's on. Uh, uh, maybe he was blocking some of the faster well, cars. Maybe he was. Through. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Um, but it doesn't say um, not adhering to blue flags. Problem is, the class has mixed up so much, Jeremy, that you've got LMP2 yeah. cars. You know, you've got Tristan Nunes behind him at the moment uh, in the number 11 car recovering. Um, it really, you know, th there's all kinds of weirdness going on with respect of pace including the WeatherTech uh, Mercedes in GTD up into third in GT now having just literally waltzed past the Aston Martin of Ross Gunn now Ross Gunn is a very very impressive driver and very highly thought of at Aston Martin he's the full course yellow is out full course yellow is out and Shea Adam may be able to update us on why that has come out at this point with an hour and 27 to go, Shea. I don't know, John. There's debris on the track. Uh, uh, maybe going into Canada yes, Corner. Yes, absolutely. But, yep. Just seeing that. 
Uh, turn 12, Canada corner. There's a, one of the cheese wedges out there. The yellow and red flag, which could mean uh, slippery surface, but actually the proper full use of that flag is uh, something on the track that shouldn't be there. It might be fluid, but it could be bodywork. And in this case, it is bodywork. Could be dust, dirt or gravel as well, of course. But rubbish on the track of some description. And full course yellow will bring that out. Now, what is that going to do for Richard Westbrook? Well, the answer is for all the LMP2 cars that are between Richard Westbrook and now Renger van der Zander, who's managed to get by Oli Jarvis and move away. So even with those wet weather tyres on, the Acura is still not showing the pace. And while we've been keeping an eye on the uh, GT battles... Renga van der Zander for Cadillac number zero, Warden Chip Ganassi, has fought his way up to and past Oli Jorvis and Fabio Scherer and up into fifth position, which will become second, of course, when we reset the field after this. So, Jeremy, an hour and 80, an hour and 26 minutes to go, so 86 minutes to go. Um, are we going to see more pit stops? I suppose you take a pit stop now. You've got to, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I know. I think so. Absolutely right. Uh, you know, we were. Um, th th this thing was uh, ten laps long, so more more than halfway through a stint, certainly. Oops, that f did that fall off? That it was it Jerry Krauts? It, was that, uh, it fell off Andrew's car. It number ninety car fell off the number ninety car. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Scott Andrews for JDC Miller Motorsport. The cheese wedge on <laughs> yeah. the right rear, which <laughs> holds the uh, light pod as well. Uh, just popped off completely yeah. so we can see the whole of the rear right now if this was WEC competition they'd have to replace that yeah. uh, you're not allowed to drive with uh, that legality panel missing doing a super job by the way yes. uh, Scott Andrews taking over from a really good first hit from Jerry Kraut up into third position in the class just a one off appearance uh, for that uh, organisation JDC Miller Motorsports and uh, he's uh, 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 you know quite a long way ahead of uh, Cameron Shields in the 38 Performance State Motorsports car, then Joao Barbosa, then Matt Bell, then Garrett Chris, then D Dakota Dickerson, who were all pretty close together in that little group for, uh, you know, they're, they're all of them are quite a long way behind the first two, with uh, Felipe Fraga having pulled out uh, a large gap over Gabby Chavez in second position for Andretti Autosport. Tell you what, this caution period is is uh, exactly what the DPI field needed, yes. except, of course, for Richard Westbrook, who was way, way, way out in front, mm. uh, you know, well over, well, better part of two minutes, uh, better part of a lap ahead of everybody else, in actual fact. A couple of questions coming in that are moot now, but interesting uh, conversation points. Right turn lover, first of all, right in the centre of Europe, said if the lead DPI went a lap down to the leader... Uh, what would happen if the safety car out? Which would be the lead class on the restart? Um, I actually still think the DPIs would be would go to the front, um, but I, I don't know on that one. That is a little bit of a grey area for me, so I'm going to have to look that one up before that actually happens in a race. But I remember back when um, Nick Tandy uh, and Patrick Pelier won overall at Petit Le Mans uh, in the GT Porsche. Uh, the prototypes were kept putting, put back in front of him, even though they'd driven past them and they had to start behind them and drive past them again. 
so I think they would go to the front of the field uh, and Nigel Dobby says if Richard Westbrook lapped the entire DPI class lead uh, would the other cars get a wave by if there was a full cast caution no they wouldn't no he, he, if he got a full lap on them yeah. then he would he would keep that lap if he was right behind them when it came out and therefore the DPI cars were behind the safety car but not behind the leader then they would get a wave by yes if, if what so if if the five if, cars behind the safety car were the five DPIs and Westy was right up behind them well the, well, the safety car would pick up the, the race lead up the race lead yeah, yes. so, yeah. yeah so they would get to come yeah. back around uh, and, and, and if, if he was a lap ahead of the field no they would not be waved around however if the number five car came into the pits yeah when the when the pits were opened, yeah. the other guys would, would, would probably stay, stay out, out and get that uh, lap back, uh, get their lap back, and then make the pit stop uh, before they went back to green. And we have the top uh, prototypes coming into the pits now, including Richard Westbrook. Share, Adam. First car to hit its marks is the number five Mustang sampling Cadillac. That is a driver change. Richard Westbrook is out of that car. Tristan Vautier is getting in. They are putting slick tires on that car. Important information for people up and down the pit lane. They are new. They're shiny. Uh, we've got semi-scrubbed rubber going on the 0-2 Cadillac for Chip Ganassi Racing. And also Earl Bamber going to be installed behind the wheel of that car as well. As far as the LMP2 cars are concerned, well, we've had Tower Motorsport come in. Another set of, let's wait for it to find out fully. Uh, I'm waiting and waiting and waiting for Louis Delatraz to get here. Those look like wet weather tires to me, but they could be dry, actually, now that I look at it. We've also got the 60 of Meyershank Racing that has come into the pit lane. That is fuel and new wet, uh, new dry tires. Those are scrubbed in rubber. Ranger Van set of slicks. A lot of trouble trying to find some purchase, leaving the pit box. And we've also got Ricky Taylor in. Ooh, Philippe Albuquerque getting back behind the wheel, the number 10, Chronica Minolta Acura. This will be scrubbed tires for them as well, but these are slicks. Brand new slicks for the Zero One Chip Ganassi car. Slicks of some description going on the Six Zero. Couldn't tell you whether they were new or scrubbed. Brand new uh, rubber going on, slick rubber going on the Three One. Uh, as they all burn out going out. Uh, one way actually to tell whether the uh, tyres on the car, if we have to go back uh, for the DPIs at least, are slicks or wets. The wet weather rims that they have tend to have a, uh, an aerodynamic edge to them that comes further down to try and keep a bit, a bit more heat uh, in the tyre. So not the complete sport wheel. Actually looks uh, pretty cool almost like a, a wheel disc on the outside of the, the wheel rim but uh, an interesting uh, an interesting set of choices being made from some of the DPIs there as to whether they went on brand new or scrubbed rubber so we'll cycle through the pit stops again here question earlier on about how come uh, a small off that was recovered within a lap took so long well, we explained that earlier on, but it's worthwhile saying again, you have five different classes on the track, and the moment you put out a safety car, you pick up the leader of the race. And at that point, there is a very strong possibility, almost a certainty, in fact, that you will mess up one of the other classes because there will be cars that are between the uh, leader 
of the race overall and their own leader, therefore almost a lap down behind the safety car. So one of the things you've got to do is reorder, get everybody round and make sure that those races are not impacted negatively by the, requ the requirement to neutralise the race. So that's why we have laps of pass around and wave buys for the classes that isn't the top class, that aren't the top class. Then, obviously, we split because of the pit lane. We split, split the uh, pit entries for the DPIs and the GT cars to try and make things a little safer on pit lane and not have 37 cars all trying to come in at the same time. And then we do the DPI split to get the faster cars back at the front of the field. Again, all for safety reasons. Then we can go back to green again. It's a well-practised procedure that yeah. has uh, gone on for quite some time. Yes, it's going to take about 15 to 18 minutes every time, but that is the only way to do it without rearing races further down the field. Shea Adam, GT runners now. They went on to the wet weather tyres fairly early on. What are the choices this time around? Ah, it's slicks galore down here in the pit lane and stickers nonetheless, so it's going to be sketchy conditions for both of the Aston Martins, the 27 and the 23, coming in for sticker Michelin tyres. For both of the Lexuses, the exact same prescription. The 12 getting stickers first, and now the 14 coming in and hitting its marks, getting rid of those wet weather tires and putting on brand new Michelins. For FAF, they have done a full service for this car as far as fuel and tires is concerned. But these tires look like they might have had one cycle through them, and then maybe that beautiful rubber scrubbing heat gun to pull things back off. First car back out of the pit lane, the number 79 WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. We've got the Turner BMW right behind. Great stop by Turner to jump a bunch of spots. And the most important thing that happened in this pit stop by my account, Antonio Garcia is back behind the wheel of the number three Corvette. It was a lengthy stop for Corvette, but they did full service and sticker Michelin slicks for Garcia. Woo, that'll be exciting. Uh, Porsche Keys to the race talked about uh, strategy for drive time. Well, that's all being ticked off now. Uh, pit stops and tyre strategy has been affected by the yellow flags and by the weather. And so far, precious few, thank goodness, penalties for us to worry about. High class uh, got one, didn't they, the number 20 car. And uh, that has impacted their race, uh, only to the fact that they fought their way back to uh, fourth position for Fabio Scherer, who uh, served that penalty when Dennis Anderson nudged the back of Stephen Thomas in the number 11 prototype. And still, Jeremy, an hour and a quarter to go. Yeah, great. Um, what's interesting now is that the timing, of the, talk, just talk about the timing of this uh, caution period and when the safety car came out relative to everybody on the racetrack. The number 79 car, which is leading a GTD non-pro, had just been lapped by the overall race leader. The top two cars in GTD Pro, number 9 and number 14, had not been lapped by the race leader. Number 23 and number 20, number 23 and number 3 had been lapped by the race leader, but because they had not been lapped by their class leader, i.e. the 9 and the 14, they were able to get the wave around and go onto the back onto the same lap as everybody else. So we now have the four GTD Pro cars a lap ahead of the GTD. And the reason again for that is that number 79 car, which is leading its class, 
uh, had been lapped by the race leader. Now, we had this sort of earlier in the season at Sebring, and I, I couldn't figure out what had happened because because normally not cut, it is a normally full class, GGD is, is is treated yeah. all together, yeah. but it hasn't been here. Uh, because all the other GTD cars did not get the wave around, okay. only the GTD Pro cars. That's presuming that they've actually done it right. Well, let's see if they, because they'll get some quite punitive penalties if they, if that isn't the case. Yeah, no, they will have done. The question is, why didn't the other guys get the wave around? Is more is more the question. The 23 and 20 absolutely were correct to get the wave around. And number, number 25 car, by the way, the, the fifth car in GTD Pro is several laps behind. So uh, unfortunately, not in reckoning at all after those early problems. But the question is why the other regular GTD cars didn't get the wave around along with the 23 and the three? Because I thought they were supposed to be all treated S- a single same. class for wave by. Yeah. yeah. Answers on a postcard, please. Uh, we may discuss that in a very short post-race tech, Michelin post-race tech, because uh, Jeremy's got to rub himself down with warm halibut oil after this and uh, get himself ready uh, for the Lamborghini Super Trofeo, which will be our closing race of the weekend. He'll be joined by uh, Brian Till for that. We'll have that live and free for you uh, via the international feed and across the states here on imsaradio.com click the uh, live video button you can do that right now if you're outside the US and see that there's an hour and 42 seconds now we're 30 people minutes Durrani and 42 just, seconds Durrani into just came the back lane into the for people Durrani yeah. Shea Adam is watching the 31 red and white whaling car this was just a splash of fuel and oh wow that was a close moment there as Colin Brown stopped behind Durrani and right behind him Ryan Neal was not expecting to stop moved into the transition lane to avoid causing a massive pileup. Heads up driving there by the Scotsman, but no collision for those three cars of three different classes because people did notice the red light was on. Yeah, always easy to get excited about getting out and not uh, notice the red light at the end of pit lane. And we've seen a couple of nasty accidents happen where the lead car in the train of cars sees it. Uh, and the cars behind don't, or sometimes, in fact, um, the lead car doesn't, runs the red light, but the second-place car does, and then everybody runs into the bottom because they're watching the lead car disappearing out of the pit lane. Prototype class split is ongoing, so the DPIs go to the front of the field. So here's how they'll uh, line up then. It will be Tristan Vautier for JDC Miller Motorsports, having taken that car over from Richard Westbrook. So the number five, dark grey and gold Mustang sampling-sponsored car from the Cadillac Racing number 01 of Renga van der Zander. Then Shank Racing, Oli Jarvis in third position with a change of setup on that car, which may, that the conditions may be coming back to that car now. This is going to be very interesting to see what Ollie can do on slick racing tyres for the next hour and 12 minutes. That's the pink uh, XM Sirius machine, AutoNation car. Fourth is Philippe and Albuquerque in the black and blue Conic and Minolta Acura number 10. Earl Bamba in the 
dark red and black Cadillac Racing in fifth. Then it's the LMP2s, Tower Motorsport number eight, PR1 Matheson Motorsport number 52, Dragon Speed USA number 81, that's Juan Montoya, watch him off the start, we know what he's like. Fabio Scherer in the red and white bodied car, but with now a black nose on the number 20 high class racing car, uh, is next in line. Although people, Durrani should get back through there uh, and we'll see where he lines up. Uh, just a few moments ago, people Durrani was <laughs> sideswiped as he was coming back through down towards a turn from turn seven down towards turn eight, and that's done some damage. Well, it's picked up a signboard. Yes, and, it, and I think it's done some damage as well. Uh, to well, he might have been a little bit lucky. The problem uh, is he's in line now and he, he doesn't want to break. He is on the back of the LMP or the DPI field. What if he could just wipe it off on the back of the Cadillac in front of him? I'll go down well. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it would. <laughs> That's going to uh, give him a bit extra downforce, but oh, he's, and, he, and he's locked up his front. Actually, it's taken downforce away from the right front. Yeah, but Not sure how he's going to get rid no. of that. He's going to peel off into the pit lane to get rid of it, is what he's going to do. So that'll just be a very quick pit stop, but that's going to lose him all that positions. He was coming down the outside on the DPI class split, and somebody pulled out of line and side-swiped him, put him on the grass, driver's right, and he's picked up one of the WeatherTech signs uh, on the way down the hill to turn number eight. We're back racing again, and the car streamed past us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. That quick rundown for you, our VP Racing Fuel in-race update. The high-class car off at the final corner a moment or two ago, so that dropped out as well. I think I might have put another splash of fuel in that, considering that it was in there. Zero damage to the front of the car, says Sheer Adam for people to run. Just a wee bit of grass uh, in that uh, in the front end of that car, which presumably will get blown out as he moves away. So we've reset and we're off again. Tristan Fortier, Renke van der Zander, Oli Jarvis, Philippe Albuquerque, Earl Bamba. It's not a bad quintet, is it, for the top five? And Pipo Durrani uh, turned up to 11, trying to fight his way back to this lot. Yeah, he's got a lot of work to do now, because he's going to be a long, long way back. But uh, huge change around in GTD during that round of pit stops. The big loser out of it was number 51 car. Uh, Ryan Eversley got that car up into third position, behind the number 79 of Daniel Junkadela and the number 32 of uh, Mike Skeen. But now he's way, way back down the order in eighth position. The big gainer was number 96 car, Bill Oberlin, jumped from three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth position to second for Turner Motorsport. And the battle for the lead has turned up to 11 as well, Jeremy. As big defence going on by Tristan Vortier, Canada corner, then through Bill Mitchell Ben and into the final corner. He's held the Cadillac of Renga van der Zander at bay for the moment. Ollie Jarvis is there, and then the battle for fourth and fifth. Albuquerque has Earl Bamba alongside him, has him running into the back of him. They both go down the inside of Ollie Jarvis there. How did that not end in tears? Extraordinary stuff. I'm not sure Philippe Albuquerque really wanted to overtake the other Acura, but Earl Bamba was pushing him along, I'm fairly certain, down the right-hand side, the inside of the track. Ollie Jarvis deciding, I think rather wisely, just to steer out of the way there, whilst that was all going on on his right-hand side. So a new fourth-place car as uh, Albuquerque, a new third-place car as Albuquerque has gone past the Mershank Africa. Uh, uh, accurate 
There was a lot of bumping and barging at the front of the field there as Renger van der Zander tried to, uh, to get through. Quite extraordinary stuff. And uh, grandstand seat from the Acura of Ollie Jarvis watching the uh, Cadillac 01 go side by side. And Earl Bamber dealing with a huge moment going into turn one there. Just a dismal day for Maya Shank Racing, isn't it? In that, in that really have car, no pace. Looking at none whatsoever. I mean, just. I mean, Ollie, up I think Oli did well to stay out the way of, of what potentially could have been a big accident yeah. there, but he, they've got no pace down the straights whatsoever. You saw this at Watkins Glen, didn't we, Jeremy? With the oh. Cadillacs being able to, to out drag them. But that was another Acura. That was yeah. another Acura. Well, which is actually what happened at Watkins uh, Yeah, Glenn, absolutely. Right, they, good they, point. They, they trimmed the other Acura out, yeah. Good point. Uh, and right. it was Philippe Albuquerque as well uh, in that car at the time. Now, they did change the rear wing at the first yellow flag uh, on full course yellow on that uh, pink and white Auto Nation car. Presumably for one with less downforce on. But it is not working for them at all at the moment. Big suspension setup changes in that first full course caution. Just over an hour and six minutes to go around the circuit on 87.9 FM here at Road America. Around the US on Sirius XM 207 and around the world on IMSA Radio RS2 via IMSAradio.com. We've got live video as well for the internationals uh, if you want to. Hit the live video tab. Damage to the back of the number 12. Uh, this is the Lexus in the, the GTD category who went very long and uh, tried to get down the inside of the AMG in the Canada corner. This is the number 57 AMG that he went by and then couldn't get it stopped and just wiped across the front of Philip Ellis in the Windward Racing car, the blue and black machine. And yeah. it's just taking a little bit of bodywork off the back of that car. That's two little dunches that that car's had uh, in the race. Because I think the right rear lost some bodywork as well earlier on. Very early on, like first lap early on. Yeah, he said he couldn't blame uh, the uh, Mercedes for that one. That was no. just uh, the number 12 car just carrying too much speed into the corner. Ambitious. Ambitious. <laughs> Optimistic. The responsible adult calls, calls those low percentage lunges. At the front of the field, then, Tristan Vortier settling down to a decent pace for JDC Miller Motorsport. 153.3 last time around, 52, sorry, 347 last time around as we got back up to speed. And that's their best lap of the race last time around. As Rejoining from the pit lane, the Sean Creech Motorsport number 33 car. And that's a not a comfortable lead, but it's a lead. It's a lead that he doesn't feel he needs to defend Vortier uh, at the moment. So he can that'd concentrate be, on going forward. Yeah, that being the operative word at the moment. Uh, still an hour and four minutes uh, remaining, so there will be one more pit stop during this race. So Vortier from Van der Zander, from Albuquerque, from Jarvis, from Bamba, your top five. Pete yeah. Durrani having to fight his way through the LMP2 field now 
having had to come into the pit lane for an extra time. They've now got, uh, what, five pit stops against their name because uh, they had to remove that piece of the WeatherTech boarding that he picked up when he was being doing the DPI class split. Now, is Ollie Jarvis now getting some heat into those slick tyres and finding a bit of pace? That's the question. to be uh, turning up the wick a little bit but it's not been a good day 152.9 for Jarvis, 52.8 for Earl Bamba behind him, 52.7 for Philippe Albuquerque ahead of him so about there, 52.4 for Renger van der Zander in second and 52.5 for Tristan Fortier so the two Cadillacs at the front of the field with a tiny little bit of an advantage. That could just be the fact they had slightly clearer track last time around. Although, in fairness, they haven't really caught the traffic yet, Jeremy. So that's an interesting stretching of that uh, five-car group at the front of the field. People Durrani, 59-3, mired as he is in the LMP2 traffic. He's got a lot of hard work to do in the next hour and two minutes. Yeah, he has. Um... <clears throat> But uh, he's certainly going to be up for it because it's been uh, a long drought for that number five team. They've had a, a really difficult season, but uh, great strategy call early on. And Tristan Voti is going to be hanging on the best he can. And he turns again his best lap of the race that time around. 51.9 for him, which is uh, only a couple of tenths away from the fastest lap of the race that was set very early on by Earl Bamber. So uh, good lap there by uh, Tristan Vautier just looking at the uh, GTD Pro field after the restart Ben Barnacut got ahead of Matthew Jaminet and he's ah. holding on to that lead they are coming up into Canada corner uh, so uh, another change of position there in GTD Pro uh, between the same uh, two cars between the same two cars yeah they've had a, a race long battle even when the drivers uh, changed over the Corvette was in there for a little while but in third now, it's Ross Gunn for the Aston Martin Racing Heart of Racing team. Antonio Garcia with uh, the job to bring the number three Corvette home. Slightly slow pit stop put them at the back of the four GTD Pro cars that remain more bad luck for BMW with their number 25 car behind the wall. Shea Adam to talk to the man of the first half of the race. Great driving and great strategy Give Richard Westbrook a fabulous advantage. He's with Shea Adam. Richard Westbrook, three times a winner here at Road America. You know how to get it done. But how great was the call by the crew to put you on wet when everybody else was on slicks? I had no idea what you asked me. But actually, I've got a feeling about the call to go to wets. So, yeah, I mean, it was on the limit with slicks. And the problem is it was still slicks. But you got to get that's if you've got temperature in them. So I knew that obviously... You weren't going to get build-up temperature behind the safety car, so I just said if there's any anything on the radar, we, it's got to be wet. And, uh, you know, the crew called it last minute. They checked the radar, and there was a little blob coming in, and that was enough. Uh, and at, still at that point, it probably was slicks, but there's, they've got no tyre temp, and that was our gain. So it was just a question of looking after the wets while it was still too dry for the wets, uh, not burning them off, and... Um, yeah, it was looking really good, but obviously, safety car, it's always going to happen, and uh, it's going to be uh, nerve-wracking last hour. Were you guys on a wet setup to begin the race, or a dry setup? Um, honestly, there's not much difference these days between a, a wet and a dry setup. you got the tools in the car with the bars, so 
No, same setup as qualifying. A few, we made some improvements from qualifying, but it was just trying to get a good card, improve, you know, what we had in qualifying. It's obviously a, a real disappointment to have that, that bigger gap to the Ganassi cars. But we were super happy with P4, but just not the gap. It's a lot better to be P1. Good luck the rest yeah, of the way. Yeah, who's just got to keep it there? But Tristan's doing awesome. Cheers. Thank you. One more pit stop for that car, for all of the cars at the at front of the field. And still this battle in GTD Pro heading towards us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre as they come up the hill now and head across the line. And just three tenths, call it four tenths of a second. Jaminet headlights ablaze where the Lexus is just running on the running lights. The Porsche trying to gain under light braking for turn one. That's really all it is. Now down to turn three. Still a little bit damp offline. And behind them is the battle for the lead, actually, coming through. Oh, and a bit of a jink across the nose of the second place Cadillac there by the leader in GTD uh, whether he's trying to defend his own no. position or get out the way I'm not entirely certain what yeah. Ben was doing there but that that was a, a, a sketchy moment well, as the leaders come through a little bit but it was a very decisive move and he was well clear it wasn't as if the, uh, the the leaders had to jump on the anchor so he made it very clear you go to the outside yeah uh, and uh, by, by doing the same it made you know, no way through there for the number nine car the pursuing Porsche either so a heads up driving I think there for Ben Barnicott he uh, he telegraphed that really well to the leaders and it, yeah, it did look a little bit sketchy but uh, I think uh, you know it's always sketchy out there isn't it and that was a good move by Ben so uh, uh, that uh, order remains the same with Alexis just ahead of that Porsche and the Aston Martin he is about three seconds back in third position losing just a little bit of ground but still pulling away a little bit is Ross Gunn from Antonio Garcia in fourth place just notice coming out the pits in 11th in GTD Marco Holzer behind the wheel of the NTE Lamborghini number 42 57 minutes a big ask for the GT3 Lamborghini but it must be close to being able to go from there that could be their last scheduled pit stop um, fuel saving not in Marco Holzer's vocabulary to be honest so he may just get his foot down and hope for a little bit of yellow to get them to the end but want to keep an eye on that number 42 car and see uh, what the situation is I think that they are still on the lead lap in GTD yes they are uh, in that car so the battle at the front of the field beginning to hot up just a little yeah. bit with Fortier van der Zander Philippe Albuquerque trying to close down on them but had traffic last time around in the Koninka Minolta Acura he did so lost him a little bit of ground but Oliver Jarvis now staying right with him and yes. actually he's edged away yes. over the last couple of laps from Earl Bamber so uh, maybe now they've got a bit of tired to being that number 60 car and it certainly seems more competitive than it has been the race so far yeah and don't forget those changes that they made Jeremy at that first yellow flag period they made some quite significant yeah. changes to the suspension and the different spec rear wing um, that must have been to try and get the balance of the car back and looks like Ollie might be reaping the rewards of that right now with 56 minutes to go he's in the carousel target firmly acquired to the other Konica, the, the other uh, Acura the Konica Minolta version 
of the car as they're heading down to the kink this time around but he's going to catch traffic in exactly the wrong place it's the WeatherTech Racing number 79 that's the leader in GTD Junkadella, Daniel Junkadella on his first outing here at, at Rodemurring at three seconds to the good from in second place in GTD now Turner Motorsport and Bill Orbel and Tim Kortoff and Mike Skeen who were leading this race earlier on number 32 car in third GTD Broads, Barnicut for Vassar Sullivan, Lexus, Jaminet in second for Faf Motorsport and then third is Ross Gunn LMP three, Riley Motorsport number 74 from Gabby Chavez and Andretti Autosport in second place in the 36 black and white car and Martha Jakobsen, Paul Sitter in the Stars and Stripes number 33 and in LMP2 it's Tower Motorsport by just eight tenths of a second now from Juan Montoya for Dragon Speed and Ryan DL for Era, the blue number 18 car that's your top three at the front of the field just half a second between Vautier and Van de Zander. That's your VP Racing Fuel in race rundown. Sheer Adam, you have Faf. Now, can they go to the end from here? That's what I'm thinking. They're trying to get on the right side of any yellows that come here, Sheer Adam. Yep, I think they can go to the end from here. Steve Bordelotti, the team manager, certainly would be sitting up there with the calculator pushing every button he possibly can. And Matthew Jaminet going to stay aboard this car. Remember, he's never raced at Road America prior to the green flag here today. They are doing new sticker tires for this Porsche. Uh, they might have had one cycle through them. Left sides only and a splash of fuel. Wow, what a call. I hope he can make it to the end. And the yellow flag is just about to come out because the Matthew Jakobsen number 20 high-class racing car has come into contact with the Andretti car, the black, white and green machine. Now, how did that happen? Oh, the Andretti car was off first at the exit of turn 14 and then speared back across the track into the path of Malte Jakobsen. Jakobsen this time absolutely faultless on that one. Yeah. Second he, and third in the class, those yes, two. Yes, absolutely. And there's damage to both of those cars. And pit callers coming in, be trying to get in before the yellows came out. That would have been very, very tight because that was down at the bottom of the hill they may have seen that and dive straight for the pit lane Shea Adam there's a pit commit line John where you have to have your nose up to or right sides across the tar line that denotes the entrance of the pit lane it's where the pit gets a little bit wider at the bottom of the hill if the cars were already there then they were clear to enter the cars that made it in were the 13 AWA LMP3 car for Matt Bell that's the sound of Connor Filippi and the 25 BMW that's already had some issues so far today and the last of the LMP3 cars to actually get into the pits I think I think that's the MLT Motorsports uh, the number 54 possibly that got in as well as Scott Andrews maybe Scott Andrews' luck has finally turned around because the 90 JDC Miller Motorsport LMP3 car that was in too. Very interesting indeed. Hello to Suzanne Robinson who's in a stare down with her dog Wrigley at the moment who uh, wants uh, her to take her for a walk while she's watching us here uh, on IMSA uh, TV uh, at IMSA Radio. So far Suzanne is winning and I think with 52 minutes to go Suzanne unless you think you can get a quick a run around the block done in a full course yellow. I think Wrigley's going to have to wait because this one 
looks like it's boiling up in an absolute cracker. The snatch vehicles are at the incident site. I've got a feeling that the Andretti car might have continued. Actually, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, not only that, it came, came into, into the pits, pits, ironically. So if it for made the yellow it, that it caused, yeah, yeah, Martha Jakobsen can't move that car, and there was fluid on the windscreen of that. So there's been some damage to one of the reservoirs at the front uh, of the car. Atoms a radio, by the way, if you want to get in touch. 51 minutes to go, Jeremy. The DPIs can't quite go that long. No. So a splash now and then see what happens. Malthe, by the way, has shuffled himself across the car to get out on the right-hand side, and he's done that uh, without too much of an, assi- of an assist from the safety team. The car has got damage to the left front. Really good. That was really unlucky for yes. him. Good weekend for him. Started off a little... St- a little strangely with uh, a few mistakes when he was maybe, by even by his own admission, pushing a little bit hard before he really knew the track. But pole position, you can't take that away from him. And he'll be disappointed that that's ended in the way it has with uh, left rear suspension damage where he's clouted the wall. Absolutely uh, without blame in that one. He was avoiding T-boning the Andretti car that came across the track in front of him. Yeah, it was Gabby Chavez, and they, they were having a good little battle. At, you know, he was only a second or so behind him, and that was building up quite nicely, that battle between the number 36 that was ahead of the number 33, but uh, really unfortunate for Sean Creech Motorsports because they've had a, a really strong all we- all run all weekend. The team's first pole position yesterday for the young Dane and uh, Joao Barbosa, uh, doing his uh, sterling, usual sterling work as well. So uh, that's a tremendous uh, disappointment for that team. Uh, we've got all the uh, LMP3 cars on the racetrack and certainly surprising to see someone like Gabby Chavez with all of his experience making a mistake like that, kind of losing it. Uh, I guess he must have lost it originally out of, out of 13 and then uh, ended up uh, almost at 14 uh, uh, and still going sort of sideways and backwards across the road, which is when... Uh, poor Marty Atkinson had to make a decision right or left and he really didn't have much choice but to go left and unfortunately there you're off exactly what happened really pretty much to Sebastian Bourdais yesterday in qualifying yes. he put a wheel off on the, on the left hand side before turning into the right and then he's a passenger from there on into the gravel trap and, and all the tyre wall so 49 minutes to go in this race next time out for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship it's a beautiful picturesque not Road America, but VIR, Virginia International Raceway. It's the GT weekend. So just the two GT classes from the WeatherTech Championship, along with the IMSA uh, Mission and Pilot Challenge and uh, the Single Manufacturer Championship supporting as well, Porsche and Itamitsu MX-5. Got a bonus bit of uh, Porsche coverage for you at the end of the month as well that's Indianapolis for the Porsche Sports Car Together Festival and we'll have coverage uh, of that for you as well in sound and vision whether you're here in the States or further afield via IMSA.tv or the live video tab at IMSAradio.com and then of course we're winding up to the big season finale Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for Motul Petit Le Mans 10 hours of racing there 
add a few voices into that. The bidding has already started uh, at the uh, Radio Show Limited and Emsa Radio team for the uh, additional voices. Always a popular trip for our broadcast team to really the home of uh, Imza in the American Le Mans series in the early days. Now, of course, based out of uh, Daytona, Florida. But Road Atlanta inextricably linked with the late and much missed Dr. Don Panos, who started the American sports car journey for me back in 1998 when he asked me to come across and do the first Petit Le Mans. So that race, very dear to my heart. If you can make it up there, it is a great atmosphere. Akin to what we have here, actually. Lots of camping as well. Much smaller track, but great atmosphere to round off the season. And then 2023 is just around the corner because on the Monday after Motul Petit Le Mans on the Saturday, we've got GTP testing at uh, Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. First of the sanctioned tests for IMSA and the four manufacturers who've already uh, committed so if you are around that area stick your nose over the fence and see the cars from Porsche, the new 963, the BMW uh, will be out there the Cadillac and uh, the Acura, all in an officially sanctioned test on track together, uh, I think on the Monday and the Tuesday after Montul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta much excitement in the marshes uh, yeah. for uh, the effectively that's 2023 season Jeremy yeah. starting right there yeah, in preview yeah. uh, and we spoke to a few drivers this weekend who've driven the new breed of GTP cars for next season in the early phases of testing and uh, everyone we've spoken to been pretty impressed with the cars uh, they're uh, they're pretty complicated there's a lot of different systems on the cars particularly you know, electronic and otherwise with the new uh, uh, hybrid system that's going to be employed on them all next next season as part of the uh, sort of green look for for IMSA, but uh, so a lot of excitement and uh, all, all drivers really enjoy driving the cars. I've spoken to three or four mm. at least uh, this 700 weekend. Seven hundred horsepower. Yeah, lots of grunt, lots of grunt. Very really good straight, straight line, line speed. A yeah. um, little bit less, less uh, cornering speed, but that's going to ex- extend the braking areas by. Just a little bit, at least. I think the brakes are pretty darn good on new oh, cars. Oh yes, yes. Uh, but um, I think it should be. Uh, yeah, it's pretty exciting times. Uh, and, and a point that Chair Adam has just made to me: that uh, after this race, then your final opportunity to see the DPI cars in competition. Uh, these cars, at the moment, are the fastest endurance prototype cars in the world, and they will uh, bow out at uh, Motul Petit Le Mans at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta for that season ending race so your last opportunity if you're not here today start making your plans to get to Road Atlanta pits are open for the prototype classes and unsurprisingly Sheer Adam you are about to have visitors all of the top five are coming in I'm waiting to see if the P2 cars and people come in as well, but it is, yep, yep Louis Delatraz comes in as well. So, 
Tristan Vautier leading in the train to you. And all the prototypes, as far as the eye can see, have their pit boards swinging up on the wall. The first of which is that number five for Tristan Vautier. And surprise to no one, right up his tailpipes. Ranger Van Dezander, right up his tailpipes. Philippe Albuquerque, and right up his tailpipes was Ollie Jarvis. So a nice bit of uh, camaraderie going on on the pit lane. We have four new sticker Michelin tires going on to the 02 Cadillac, number five Cadillac, the number one Cadillac, the number 10 Acura, and the number 60 Acura. So that's new tires for all of our DPI contenders. Pippo Durrani still heading into his pit box as he hits his marks, waiting on the fuel probe. There we go. Fuel nozzle comes out for Tristan Vautier. Their service is done as Pippo Durrani's service is beginning. These are scrubbed in Michelin's going on the 31. We wait as, who was the next one to get out? It might have been Ricky Taylor, actually. Last of the lead cars to come in was the 02. That's the last car to go back out is Earl Bamber. The first of the P2 cars to get back and rolling was the Tower Motorsport number 8, followed out very closely by the number 18 Arab Motorsport prototype. In terms of LMP3, well, we just had a slight change because the 74 of Riley now leads the 13 of AWA and Matt Bell, and then the 54 of Colin Brown. So a big change up there as AWA now into the top three. Super bit of work from Myershank Racing to get the 60 out ahead of everybody else. Big wheel spin uh, as Ollie Jarvis took the car out. Actually being the last pit there, you might think that's an advantage, but he had to actually turn quite tightly to his left-hand side to get in between the Michelin RFID readers. They're the clever bits of kit that read the chips in each of the four Michelin tyres. Gone are the days where you used to have the uh, the chalk marks or the sharpie marks on the side of the cars, uh, at the side of the tyres, to uh, let you know how many sets you'd used. But uh, it's all done by technology now. And Ollie Jarvis then out first and followed out by Felipe Albuquerque. Does that suggest that they put a little less fuel in those cars, maybe? No. to get the track position 41 minutes to go it's it's there isn't it Jeremy that's about spot on for the DPI's about 40 to 45 minutes depending on how much full throttle you're using and you use a lot around here <laughs> uh, so yeah it's certainly going to be tight uh, from here um, so we have the mouthwatering prospect of what we saw at Watkins Glen with Philippe Albuquerque in what traditionally has been a slightly more trimmed out Acura yeah. This time, though, against Ollie Jarvis, uh, uh, rather than Tom Blomqvist, uh, in the uh, in the possibly a little more draggy Acura. So, what can Ollie do, if anything, to try and keep Albuquerque behind him for the next uh, yeah. what 38, maybe 35 minutes? And former teammates, of course, they have won at Daytona together. Yeah, now, yeah having been nowhere today, that number 60 car. Yeah, maybe they're going to have an opportunity here. Well, it just goes to show, doesn't it? It's it's what Bill Oberlin always says. You've just got to keep digging. Yeah. And nobody knows that better than Maya Shank. Um, Mike Shank himself uh, is the absolute epitome of never give up, never give in, let's keep fighting. Uh, and sometimes the race comes back to you. Sometimes you've got to chase the race down. It looks like they've done quite a bit of chasing today, Jeremy, but they're there or thereabouts, uh, and they've made this work for them as they... GTD cars start to come into the pit lane and it's Danielle Juncadella. None of the pro cars 
have committed to the pit lane as yet. So, Shay, it's going to be the 79 WeatherTech car that comes to you first. Yep, I think out of the pro cars, uh, we did have FAF and the BMW in right before the caution came out. Corvette will be coming in, as will the 14 Lexus and the 23 Heart of Racing. New tires for all of those cars. But for the Daniel Giancanella Mercedes, this WeatherTech car getting fuel and four new Michelin tires. We've also got the other Mercedes, the Gilbert Cawthorpe one. That's the championship leader. They are into their box fuel and sticker tires for Mike Skeen. It's fuel and slightly scrubbed in tires for Jan Halen in the right motorsport Porsche. Yucadel is already back out and rolling, heading back down the lane. We've got fuel only for Maxime Martani. Tries to jump the WeatherTech Racing Mercedes. Does not work, but he does get ahead of Mike Skeen in the other Mercedes. Pit exit light is on. Yucadel goes through. Maxime Martin goes through. Both of those cars, well, Yucanella did not stop. Martin did stop, but well after the RFID sensors. Mike Skeen hit his brakes hard and did not go through it. By my money, that's a penalty for WeatherTech Racing. Now we see the 27 get rolling once again. I think Maxi Martin reacted in time, but he did actually trigger the pit exit before coming to yeah. a complete stop. So that might not suffice. That might be a drive through penalty for a car looking to try and get better standing in this championship. He was straddling the yellow oh. line. Um, he didn't go all the way across it. The front Michelins were there. Um, you could say he didn't gain advantage and he didn't rejoin the racetrack. That's how I'd be arguing that if I was their team manager. Yeah. But no doubt about Junker Della. Very excited and went straight out past the red lights. Just what we were talking about before. And that is going to be tremendously costly for that car and that team. I, funny enough, I, 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 the Aston Martin, I wondered why it was sitting, uh, dropping back away from the... The WeatherTech number 79. And then I realised, of course, there was cars going by. So I, I, I'm pretty certain that uh, in the uh, in the Aston Martin, they had reckoned... Oh, yeah, there's the red light. Then they saw the leader go through and thought, OK, well, well we could go through as well. I know they didn't go across. They didn't straddle the, white la the, the yellow line at the end of the pit lane. He pulled up just before it. It's going to come down to where... The stop line is for the red light. But I reckon that Aston was okay. I had thought from the angle that we were looking at it from our Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre that they might have been across the red line. Uh, I'm, I'm beat in true baseball style, although the Brewers uh, lost the lead last night, uh, got beat by the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds. But I'm told that uh, the Aston was safe uh, uh, on that. <laughs> did manage did manage to get in thank you Nate I think I've just impressed him with my knowledge of stick and ball sports over here <laughs> so the Aston is okay uh, however I'm afraid it's a strike out for Daniel Junkadella, uh, who blew through the red stoplight at the end of pit lane so the, the number nine Faf car came in right be well, before the caution period. He wasn't, yes. He wasn't one that just beat them in. He came in before, didn't he? Correct. Right. So he, he, was, he was on his outlap, I think, Jeremy, as the, when the yellow flag incident right. happened. Right. Uh, and interestingly, the other leaders in GTD Pro did not come in. Yes, correct. So they think they can stretch their fuel, presumably, yeah, to as the we go end back from green. here. Yeah. As we go back to green flag racing... Of course, if they had come in, 
uh, Mathieu would have cycled back to the front, but he's still sitting there with more fuel and newer tyres to the cars that he's chasing down. Correct. Restart then. And in GTD, the number 96, 57 and 12... Uh, also, the 39, 1 and 42 did not come into the pits then, so they're trying to reach the end as well. Mm, good luck. Good luck with that, but a bit of yellow has certainly helped. Ollie Jarvis then restarting the lead for My Shank Racing in the number 60, the Auto Nation Sirius XM car. And hello to everyone listening around the US on SXM207. That's our regular channel for IMSA WeatherTech. Uh, car 90 gets the penalty for working on a, in a closed pit stop and the 36, the same. That is a stop plus 60 for those two cars. That's Gabby Chavez for Andretti Autosport. Uh, after that incident, working on the car in a closed pit. And what was the other one? I said car number uh, 90. And that is the lead car for GDC Miller Motorsports and LMP3. They're going to have to give up the lead and stop. And also a stop plus 90 for the 79. We were expecting that for the WeatherTech car with Daniel Junkadela. Uh, going to have to come in and he will lose a lot of time. That's going to be a pretty much a full lap that he'll all of those three cars will lose. But the big one there is the number 90. The JDC Miller, Scott Andrews, number 90, the Duquesne and the head of LMP3, Jeremy, working on the car in a closed pit. <coughs> yeah, and uh, that's uh, unfortunately that's the car that's uh, uh, currently leading because, uh, yeah, th th that's going to have to give up that lead, obviously. Uh, they they did, obviously didn't quite, uh, meet, you know, didn't quite beat that light, did they? Uh, I'm no, no, work, working in a closed pit, they, that... that if you yeah, um, um, yes, so they, yeah, that, yes, they, they, they didn't beat the light. Sorry, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. If right. they'd driven through, they would have been fine. The two Acuras have actually opened up a bit of a, a lead. Yeah. Here comes the three transgressors. Meantime, behind the two Acuras, there's a Cadillac battle going on. Oh, that's a little Ooh. bit naughty going up the hill. A bit of moving around. Nice job by Earl Bamba, uh, who was battling with uh, Ringer van der Zander there. Earl Bamba lost the position, got it back, lost it, and Ringer van der Zander in the... Uh, uh, and Tristan Fortier, excuse me, yeah, in, the, uh, yeah. uh, in the, the five car, uh, just holding his line going up the hill and refused to be intimidated well, by it, the other Cadillac it, moving it around. Kind of an over and under, wasn't it? Yeah. The zero one car went down the inside, I think, the number five into turn five, ran a bit wide and Vautier got back up the inside into turn six didn't he I think that's what happened there so Vautier does get back to third position he, he, he lost it momentarily but um, no more than that luckily for him great so we've got a great battle on our hands uh, right now in, in well in all of the classes quite frankly just on 33 minutes to go all of the uh, pit stops, all of the uh, penalties being attended. Meantime, that's the lead. The lead for GT Daytona goes the way of the number 57, Phil Ellis, driven Wimwood Racing. He gets down the inside of Bill Orblin at turn five. Not many people have managed that down through the years. And then the battle for the lead at turn one. The two Acuras are both off the track for a moment as the 
black and blue number 10 of Philippe Albuquerque trying to drive around the outside of the pink and white car as they came in there Ollie Jarvis is defending to the inside to the right hand side of the track and they both move well I don't think Albuquerque was uh, on a winner there to be honest he went in very very yeah. quickly Ollie did move back out again but it wasn't like he ushered him off the track there Jeremy yeah. that was uh, slightly too optimistic I think by Felipe there on the outside took too much speed into turn one on that line yeah I, I would agree with you on uh, on that one and uh, but a, a fascinating battle here all of a sudden these two Acuras have, have uh, come alive and pulling away now uh, from Tristan Vautier who's uh, I think probably well almost certainly holding up Renga van der Zander so van der Zander thought he'd made that pass didn't make it stick though um, Wayne Tiller saying to share Adam in the Michelin countdown to green we, we want to uh, win the Acura Championship which probably means they'd be somewhere near the front uh, yeah. of the championship they took the point for points for pole position Jeremy just remind everybody what the situation is in the championship after five second places by that number 60 car that brought them here in the lead but barely yeah that's right they came in here with a 56 point edge over in the, the number 60 car over the number 10 but with the, the uh, pole position for the number 10 car they reduced that deficit by five coming into this race so it is super tight and the gap uh, and uh, in, in terms of the gap between points for first and second what does that uh, add up to for the race it's three f 350 to 320 to 300 right third okay position. this right. battle in lmp2 this is right on here the top three cars absolutely no or two cars, excuse me, no, still going past the LMP3 car of uh, of uh, Gabby Chavez. And as far as the Manufacturer Championship in uh, DPI, can that be wrapped up by Acura today if they're... No. no, but they're still ahead of Cadillac, are they? Yeah. Right. Uh, so, no. Well, no, it can't. No, it can't. Is there extra, extra they, could, they, could, they could use them tight, tight. Uh, if they win Cadillac get the pole and the win at Petit Le Mans will leave them tied on wins poles and everything else oh, really? so yeah not quite sure what happens then to and then first. Acura would win it because they won the first race possibly <laughs> need to check up on that it's a very good point and need to, that's something need to check up on right Okie dokie. Uh, Ollie Jarvis, uh, having been challenged uh, a lap or so ago at turn one, has uh, managed to eke out a wee bit of a lead. But uh, it's all relative here. He's down at Canada Corner at the moment, and these two are putting on a bit of a display. The red flashing rain lights on the tails of these cars, the high-intensity machines still on from earlier on in the race. And Ollie Jarvis trying to break this... Uh, at least on on the uh, Cunningham and Alta car, trying to break the second place finishes and down at turn five, Bill Orbelin, the 96 car, getting turned around again at turn five, getting hit again at turn five. This time he is turned around. It was by the uh, uh, by the Aaron Tielitz, uh, driven machine of uh, the Lexus. That was the number 12 down there. Uh, that was all a bit unnecessary, I think. So Bill Oberlin slipping back down through the field there. So Tealitz 
through into second now behind Phil Ellis for Mercedes and Winwood, the number 57 car who went through at the same spot, although rather cleaner two laps ago. The lead has come back down again at turn six. Now round about, what, five car lengths between first and second. 28 minutes to go. Yeah. Are they going to need a pit stop? That's the big question here. I think uh, I'd be surprised if all the leaders didn't need to make a pit stop. I think that's probably why Oli Jarvis is put, they're all pushing so hard right now. There doesn't uh, seem least, to be much uh, fuel saving going on at the moment, does, Jeremy, no, does there? No, they're just turning their fastest laps. Last, two, last three laps in a row, uh, Oliver Jarvis has turned that car's fastest lap of the race, 52.333 last time around. The, uh, the, the, the race lap record, by, by the way, here is a 51.0. That was by Dane Cameron back in 2020. Uh, Cameron also set the fastest lap last year at a 51.6. Uh, the fastest lap in this race is also 51.6. That was by Earl. That was by uh, Alex Lynn, I think, early on. Yeah. Down at Canada Corner, the battle for the lead in LMP2. The orange and black car is the Tower Motorsport Louis Delatraz driven car. The blue car behind him coming to the final corner now, turn 14, the uphill right-hander or the right-hander that leads to the uphill at least. Uh, that is Ryan DL. Knows his way around this place, loves this place, been successful at this place, as have Aira Motorsport. It will surprise no one to hear that when I tell you the 12 Lexus and the 96 BMW is being reviewed. Uh, however, I suspect that Turner Motorsport will be surprised to hear that that has led to no action there. Shit. Meyer Shank Racing Crew and the Wayne Taylor Racing Crew, they're both good on field to the end. All right. Okay. 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 So the two Acuras are all right. Now now, now, speak to some Cadillacs, please. <laughs> Thank you, shit. Yeah, I, I think that if, they, if one is, I think they probably all are. Um, I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. They're on pretty much the same strategy, those and two cars. They're absolutely on yeah. the same strategy. Yeah. yeah, they all came in to the pits at the same time for their final stop, so they, they all should have a full tank of fuel. That, that yes. uh, last yellow flag helping everybody out there uh, yeah. to, to be able to come in. Yeah, but there's a number 60 car vaulting from fourth place before the stops to the lead afterwards. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I, I wondered if that was strategic, but had they stopped... Um, more recently than everybody else. So was that by dint of the fact no. they just didn't need as much fuel, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They so just that actually worked for them. Yeah, yeah, okay. Lesser pace. Yeah, uh, has, uh, has helped them. Look at the lead he's got now. It's the biggest lead. Uh, oh, for a second yeah. now. As they've just gone past us. There he goes. And in front of them, uh, the BMW of Bill Oberlin, who will be somewhat disappointed to have been nerfed out of a. The yes. position. That's an understatement. Yes, and that was a solid podium position, ruled as uh, no action required. NFA, no further action. Racing incident, therefore. Huge train of cars now. GT cars ahead yeah. of the leaders now. Ollie Jarvis will be going. Are you kidding me? I've just built up a second lead, and now I've got to pick my way through this lot. They do have spotters around the circuit here. 
Lexus down the inside was halfway down there and just kept pushing. That was the other thing from the apex out. That's the bit that I thought was unnecessary. The contact fight. Oh, Oof. on the grass. On the grass and a pass for the lead. Down to turn number eight. Is this a pass on the grass for the lead of the race? Yes, it is. But now one either side of the BMW, number 25, which is back out. What a pass. What a move by Philippe Albuquerque. His Michelin's giving him grip on the damp grass out of turn seven on the left-hand side of the track. And that traffic that I said that Ollie Jarvis would be hating seeing in front of him is done for his lead. But now can he use it to his advantage as he comes up on the Aston Martin and the Lamborghini, the blue and white car, the down at Canada corner in amongst this battle. Corvette in there as well. They're battling. They're all battling for position, these GT cars. Left and right for Philippe Albuquerque. Actually right and left as he came through. Bill Mitchell bend and he's picking through it. This looks like one of those challenges when you're doing your licenses in one of the GT driving games. You have to pass 26 GT cars in two laps. Go. And Philippe Albuquerque has done that and more. He's taken the lead with 23 minutes to go. And once again, Maya Shang Racing find themselves in second position. But this time, it's uh, Tristan Vautier who's chasing them down. And he's only about another second further back. The Cadillacs are coming. Sheer Adam, what's the news from the Cadillac camps about their, about their fuel? Well, it's tight. Which one was that? All of them? That was Peter Barron for the 01 Cadillac right. of uh, Chip Ganassi Racing. But the other ones I've talked to have said the same thing. Yeah, we think we can make it, but we think isn't enough. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's wait to see how it plays out. We've had drama here in the past. Unbelievable ma manoeuvre. It was the Rick Ware Racing Acura, uh, uh, ironically, that made the check-up happen for Ollie Jarvis and the two DPI Acuras went one either side of that purple and yellow machine coming out of turn seven. But uh, definitely had uh, Philippe Albuquerque on the grass. Now, off the track? Is that off the track pass? I don't know. He had, he had some of the cars still on the hard standing. That's extraordinary. Uh, that was just desire. But yeah. I mean, total commitment there from Philip Albuquerque. I'm not saying that Oliver Jarvis wasn't committed, but uh, but Oliver Jarvis just hesitated just a little bit and Philip Albuquerque oh. saw his opportunity and went for it. Two Cadillacs trading paint down into Canada Corner and they've thank both gone much. off. And thank you so There's much Earl Bamba. to Earl Bamba who vaults from at fifth in the third position is Tristan Vautier and Renga van der Sander decided to get rather more intimate than I think either of them were expecting there. And got a bit closer to those of you sitting on the bleachers down there than you might have expected. Well, we pointed out at the start of the show, that start of the race, that uh, that would be an action area and it certainly has been. Phil back in the UK saying, can you hide the chequered flag, please? This is amazing racing. Really quick on the straights again, that uh, Acura, just as it was, the Philippe Albuquerque car, just as it was. Oh, and Hayes Durrani right in the mix yeah. as well now, uh, after that uh, hip check down to continue the sporting analogies. Hip, hip and a little bit of hip and shoulder for the two Cadillacs. They were leaning on each other there. And past all, oh, all Durrani almost ran into the back of 48 as he came up to the Bill Mitchell bend. 
And once again, it's the same story between the two Acuras, Jeremy. Philippe Albuquerque seemed to have a little bit more in the straight. With that pass, when the rink where NSX was out there, Ollie was slightly unfortunate because he caught it early just as he was trying to get back on the throttle from turn seven. Actually, if Albuquerque had been as close as he had been on the previous laps, it probably wouldn't have been such an advantage. But because he was uh, about three quarters of a second back, he got the run through turn seven and didn't have to check up. But as you said, onto the grass with total desire to take that full commitment for Philippe Albuquerque. What a pass that was. And he's pulled out 2.6 seconds now to... Ollie Jarvis in second place. Let's yeah. check the other classes for you. LMP2, cracking battle going on there as well, you know, between the number oh, eight, yeah. the black and orange car, and the blue number 18, Delatraz versus DL. Uh, and they're slowing each other down just a little bit. Fabio Scherer for high class racing, the red and white car with now the black nose. Four seconds behind, he's got Josh Pearson in his wheel tracks. And Tristan Nunez. So those three are gently closing in on the leaders, and with 19 minutes left, that battling pair up front uh, with just half a second between Delatraz and DL. Uh, they've been caught by the pursuers. Felipe Fraga has eight seconds on the AWA of uh, Matt Bell, who is just ahead of Colin Brown from Court Autosport, uh, 74, 13 and 54. GTD Pro, still the scrap going on between, which has been going on since the drop of the green flag at the start of the race. Fasa Sullivan's number 14, the yellow and black uh, L, um, Lexus and then the Porsche of Matthew Jaminier the number 9 plaid car and right in there Tonio Garcia and Ross Gunn those four are all together there's barely a couple of seconds between the top four Phil Ellis leads for Winwood Racing by five and a half seconds in the dark coloured number 57 at AMG from Westfall Jeff Westfall in the carbon that's the dark grey with uh, green stripes on it that's the Carbon Lamborghini, the uh, 39 car, and he's a second ahead of Aaron Tillitz in the number 12. That's the second of the Vassa Sullivan Lexus. That's your field rundown for you in race update with VP Racing Fuels. Let's go to Winwood Racing now and Russell Ward, who's with Sheer Adam. Russell, I'm so impressed with this whole team. After the heartbreak that came at Lime Rock based off fuel, you guys are rolling the dice once again. It's win or bust, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, we, we should be fine on fuel, just as we were on Lime Rock. You know, we had a fuel pump failure on the final lap. So, But, I mean, I'm not holding my breath until the race is over. There's 17 minutes left, and, and you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, according to, to what we're looking at and the, the brains that we have here on the, on the timing stand, everything should be good with fuel. You did manage to get a win in another series the week after. How good did it feel for Redemption to be back in victory lane? Yeah, look, I mean, it's been coming the whole year. So, I mean, you know, keeping our fingers crossed and, you know, I just, I don't want to jinx it at all. We just leave it the way it is. So, Phillip's doing an awesome job out there and, and uh, you know, really, really proud of the team and everybody. So, it's going to be good. We're getting close to uh, 2023. A lot of plans coming out and being announced. Can you give us any indication of where Windward will be in next year as far as the U.S. is concerned? Yeah, look, we'll be in this series with the Mercedes AMG. I mean, we, we love this series and, and uh, work really well with, uh, you know, Mercedes AMG. So, you know, we'll definitely be here. And in what full capacity, I don't know. I mean, me and Philip will be driving, so it'll be, you know, I think we'll have a really good shot next year winning the championship. Awesome. Thanks, Russell. Good luck. Sure. Thank you. And, uh, Cher, if you you see Russell's dad, Bryce, down there, Bryce Ward down there, say hello from me. 
uh, dashing in and out of meetings earlier in the week. I sort of waved at him from a distance but didn't get a chance to have a chat. What a character he is and what a story that is. Uh, with those guys uh, coming into racing just a handful of years ago and now having expanded the operation not just here in the States but uh, with a parallel operation in uh, Europe, Christian Hornadel, big part of that in Germany, running cars out of there including in the DTM of course which now runs to the GT3 specification. 15 minutes to go Jeremy, just over and battles throughout the field. Uh, Albuquerque with a two-second lead now, but Earl Bamba is the threat to Ollie Jarvis. And Jarvis now really needs to make it six second places in a row for that team to hold on to that championship lead. He's got his hands full with the Kiwi closing in very quickly. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, just, it's just some fantastic battles going on here all the way down the field it's really really exciting but uh, yeah Oliver Jarvis has got some work cut out now because Earl Bamba uh, having uh, taken advantage of that little skirmish between the number zero one car his teammate and the number five down the Canada corner is uh, has got himself up into third position and looking to uh, to make hay and, and catch up and pass Oliver Jarvis that's his goal so it's accurate one two at the moment and the time is still nearly 15 minutes though remaining in this race there's no doubt in my mind that whatever it is that they're doing with that number 60 car it needs more rear wing to get the balance uh, comfortably for their two drivers uh, than the other Acura you can actually see it a number of people tweeted in at IMSA Radio by the way let's have your questions comments and point to rising hashtag Michelin PRT going to have to be a short one today because we've got a race and usually a race following us that'll be on uh, IMSA Radio RS2 around the world thank you if you've been listening on Sirius XM 207 remember all of the IMSA WeatherTech sports car races live and without interruption on Sirius XM and it is normally 207 as well so if you can't make VIR or Road Atlanta then make sure you tune in if you are so equipped under 14 minutes to go now Chevrolet Corvette that's the number 3 car just uh, trying to come through the GT field that last class split uh, split the field up between GTD Pro and GTD so put a lap between them all of a sudden uh, Albuquerque's uh, lead has gone away it has, traffic Jeremy giveth and taketh away Helped him with the lead, didn't give him it. He had to still work. So the top three now, Jeremy, how about this? Are within a second down at turn three, going under the Sargento Cheese Bridge now. And we've seen Oli Jarvis in defend mode. Now, what's he going to be like in attack mode? Well, he's going to have to do a bit of both here. And Renger van der Zender is another three seconds further back. So he's not quite in this mix as yet. Three steps on the podium. Two Acuras and a Cadillac in those positions at the moment. But I wouldn't put any money on 10.60 and 0.2 even being on the podium at the end. This could get very spicy indeed. Championship implications for the two Acuras and manufacturer championship implications if the Cadillac can get ahead of the two Acuras. Yeah, monumental uh, championship aspirations. 
you're absolutely right because uh, right now if uh, if that uh, number 10 car can maintain position ahead of the uh, number 60 car then they would be uh, just uh, the 60 car will still lead but by just 21 points would be the gap if those positions say the same with just over 12 minutes remaining that's a big uh, big if that is a big if and in the manufacturer championship with just the two marks represented of course this year Cadillac will be desperate to grab another win before the end of the season there go the leaders past us down towards turn one yeah. And again, a little gaggle of cars ahead of them. The GT category, it's the GT leaders actually that they're coming up to. Jeff Westfall in the Carbon car, right ahead of the leaders. He's a very, very savvy driver. And in GTD Pro, they're at turn six, heading to turn seven now. This has been a full race battle, Jeremy, between the number 14, first with. Jack Hawksworth now with Ben Barnicott and the two Matties, Manny Campbell, who started the FAF Motorsport number nine Porsche, and now Mathieu Jaminet. Now, what's happened in GT in LMP2? Well, the answer is at Canada Corner last time around, Ryan DL with a copy boot manoeuvre down the inside, and he's gone by Delatraz and pulled out a second's lead. Wow. So, but was there something flew off? one of the cars there as he went past him maybe there was a little side rub there these the era Tell you what, Fabio Shearer's right there as well isn't he all of a sudden yeah. that gap was seven seconds about uh, I, eight laps ago I did say Jeremy with those two fighting yeah. and the times it was about it was about a half to uh, a half a second plus a lap that Shearer was uh, was co coming in on them he's, he's slightly pulled Nunes with him but he but yeah not he is as, yeah uh, Nunes uh, is now only another two seconds yeah. further back. And he was quickest of all on that last lap. Nunez was. So Ryan DL, Aero Motorsport, know how to win here. <laughs> and just to, <laughs> Jeremy's giggling because yeah, uh, we're being uh, we're being shown again on uh, screens in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre the pass for the lead. And thanks, by the way, I must say this now. Great thanks this weekend for all the hard work to our TV crew, both here at the track and at uh, Charlotte. Uh, all of the uh, production is done. And it's been a cracking job across all of our series here. So thank you to all, particularly to uh, Victoria, new helping us out. Good to have you on board, Vix. And Keith D'Alessandro, as ever, and his team up at Charlotte for NASCAR Productions, making sure we've seen all of the action around the circuit. And you benefiting here at the track as well with some of the new screens around the circuit. It's been piped up onto there as well for the uh, sessions that we've had the pictures for you have as well. So now the lead is down at turn number eight and traffic has cleaned it right up down the inside. It's going to be a pass down the inside in the carousel. It's the same car, would you believe it? The Rick Ware NSX and again it's gone the way of the black and uh, black.
black and blue Acura and wheel spin out of the corner no, from he Ollie got, Gavin. He got a nudge from behind. Ollie, yeah, Jarvis, yeah, excuse he me. He hesitated yeah. a little bit there before going he's past. He's off the track. Yep. Jarvis is Please off and he's in the wall. He's in the wall. Ollie Jarvis hit from behind originally by Earl Bamba and that threw the car sideways and off the track and then into the wall on driver's right and again the traffic and again ironically the Rick Ware Racing NSX unwittingly involved in that full course yellow well that car will be able to pit for a new nose as under emergency oh, service but I think that. is there more than that? I think so John needs to come in as has missed the pit commit, yeah, has missed the pit commit, could have come in and changed the nose under emergency yeah. service. But we're probably going to go for, we've probably, we may well not finish this race. Let's have a look here and see what happened. So through the kink and put off on the left-hand side and a straight hit on yeah. the nose of that car. I, it straightened it up and carried it on. My goodness, that is a, a very, very... Yeah, I said that. Uh, Ouch. Very, very strong car. It Look. actually all started at the exit of turn uh, uh, turn number uh, turn number eight. Nine, yeah. Uh, when they got into the traffic yeah. and then coming out of the carousel, there was uh, a touch behind. Now, did that break something on the back of that car and therefore take the downforce away? Not certain. Let's have a look uh, at that. Uh, huge yeah. amount of debris look, is mean, why we're under full course yellow. Yes. Jarvis has continued and gone past the pits, by the way. Yes, he has. He, he in might the fourth actually, position. Yes, I was going to say he's in fourth position. Fourth now. Uh, and uh, and the, did I Van, think, Van der Zander went through. Yes, he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I think we're unlikely to get back to to, uh, to green. There's a lot of uh, debris on the track at the exit of the kink, which needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. Pits are closed, of course, at this point. Yeah, we're inside the final 15 minutes. Correct. So, will not open. So, good call by the Myershank Racing team telling Ollie to steer out because if this doesn't go back green, that car will pick up fourth place. So this freezes the field. Let's give you a VP Racing Fuel update. Phil Ellis for Winwood Racing, uh, along with Russell Ward, who started the race leading in GTD, the number 57, dark blue and black car. Carbon, Westfall in that car. Jeff Westfall in that car, the number 39. That's the dark grey and green machine. There was 27 seconds between those guys. What happened there? No, they just because... By the leaders? No, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The so that, that can't can't get the, the, we'll get the wave, wave round and everybody sort of back yeah. out. Aaron I, we're going to finish under yellow, I think, John, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, Vassa Sullivan, Aaron Tealitz in third, the number 12 Lexus. Brian Sellers for Paul Miller Racing and BMW, the best of the BMWs in fourth. Mark Holzer for NTE SSR. Well, he was the car that came in first, if you remember, uh, and he was 11th in the class. And we said that was a bit of a roll of the dice. He's going to end up... He made his uh, last pit stop at uh, just on the hour, didn't he? Uh, um, although we've had some yellow since then. Holzer then up into fifth position for the number 42 Lamborghini. 
Harder Racing 27 Aston Martin Ooh. makes up the top six in that category. And, uh, in, sorry, Jeremy. Go well, ahead. no. The reason I said ooh there was I just noticed that the uh, number third, number sixteen car, <coughs> excuse me, running down in seventh position yes. in GTD. Jan Halen got past Mike Skeen. I think on that lap, yeah, on that lap. So I don't know how or why was he? Were they mixed up in that little fracas there down? At, I, I, uh, yeah, I think they probably were. Yeah, they were. There was a gaggle of cars around that area. And on the that has major championship implications because coming into the weekend, the number thirty-two car was ahead of the number sixteen, but so uh, by not very AMG, much. Yeah, yeah, ahead of the right. Uh, yeah, Porsche. Yeah, by by only. Um, 40 points coming into the weekend so uh, it's going to close that uh, down. every position Cats. is critical in that battle as we continue the VP Racing Fuels in race rundown Ben Parnigat leads for Vassar Sullivan yeah here we go white flag so we white are flag so yellow. we are going to re- finish under yellow well let's run through this then Vassar Sullivan number 14 lead and will win in GTD Pro Jaminier for Faf Motorsport in second Corvette will be third Aston Martin will be fourth in GTD Pro. It'll be Riley Motorsport, Philippe Fraga from Matt Bell for AWA, for Court Autosport, for Colin Brown. That's your top three there, 74, 13 and 54. Ryan DL and Aira Motorsport. Aira defending the uh, race that <laughs> win that they had here last year ahead of Tower Motorsport and High Class Racing. What a weekend for those cars. That ending up with uh, an unliveried nose on that number 20. The red and white car. And Philippe Albuquerque with another victory for Cunningham and Alta Acura. And they will close up substantially on Meyershank Racing, who finished fourth. Between them, the two, the 02 and the 01 Cadillacs of Bamba and Van der Zander collecting points as well. Shea Adam. Actually, down. John. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, in actual fact, uh, the. Is that the lead of the championship? Yes, it is. Yeah. Because of the. Those extra two positions. Point, yeah, and the points for pole position as well. Well, it? yeah, not so much that because, uh, it, it, I mean, that was a five point swing, but uh, the, the they were running second, the number 60 car. Now it's running fourth. It's that it's that uh, that change there that is the, the difference between hanging on to the lead and not. So, assuming they can finish this last lap, then uh, Albuquerque and Taylor will take over the championship lead. Wonder if we can just have a, a look slightly further yeah. back. Uh, it was it was just as they were coming out of the uh, out of the carousel that the there was a touch on the back uh, of Ollie Jarvis's car, and as he was coming through the kink, the back end was on the ground. There was something scraping on the ground of that car. So, I just wonder. It was as he was passing the Rick Ware car, wasn't yeah. it? He just hesitated before go duck into the inside. He might have got a lightest of taps from behind, but uh, it's yeah, not often it you see a car in so the wall at the kink at that speed and continue. <sighs> no, just wiped continue, its nose. Yeah, really. Just wiped its nose off the yeah. car. All the wheels point in the right direction. I mean, it's bad luck uh, that that's yeah. happened. But my goodness, I don't even think the tracking's out on that car. I honestly, I bet they could string that car now and it would be absolutely right. Well, it's another so close and yet so far for Myshank Racing in the number 60. But what it gives us, Jeremy, is a phenomenal end to the season with winner-take-all from the Acuras at the the end of the race at (laughs) Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. That's, that's, uh, (coughs) excuse me, exactly right. So, So 
3,066 points unofficially. I mean, they haven't crossed the start-finish line yet, so probably shouldn't be doing this. But 3,066 to 3,047 for the number 60 team. In third position, having had a, a really eventful race, Renga van der Zender and Sebastian Bourdais. Well, everybody's had an eventful race, haven't they? <laughs> uh, but they'll be uh, in third position on 29.14. So, you know, 150 points back, um, which is... Extra uh, points for the longer race as well, don't forget. No, 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 no extra points for longer, okay. race, longer right. races, no. Okay. So... Uh, Oh, no, so for that's the, the, so yes, that, for the endurance couple. Yeah, course, so it is points, then yeah. 29.14, so 250, 100 points. No, so that is going to mean the championship is going to come down to those two accurates. So, e- so even if they both didn't finish, right. they can't be overhauled by the accurate. So long Correct. as they make 70% or even it doesn't matter. No, no, that doesn't matter either. Start the yeah. race. Okay. Yeah, because... Uh, there's, there's, or the, we'll probably have the 48 car there, won't we? So we'll have six cars, so you get 250 points for sixth position. That's a 100 point between 350 for winning, 254 um, for sixth position. So that's a 100 point swing, and they are 150 points ahead, 152 points ahead of the third place car. So even with the qualifying points of 35. We didn't want to jinx anything before the car had officially crossed the finish line, but now it is another win for Wayne Taylor Racing for Konica Minolta Acura. And let's see if we can get Ricky Taylor to jump down. He gives his mom a pat on the head. And, uh, yep, he's coming out this way. Excellent. Ricky, another win on the season, but a win at Road America. It's a little bit more special since this is a track that, I think it's been, uh, what, two years since your last win here? I think more importantly, it's the first win for Wayne Taylor Racing ever here. And a special shout out to Bill Mullen. He's won every track on the schedule except for this one. So this is, uh, he's been wanting to retire until he checked this off. So hopefully he doesn't retire, but now he's finally, he's done them all. And uh, I didn't do much today. This is all about Philippe and the guys. Uh, I just drove for a bit of the wet, wet part of the race. And Philippe's been so strong all weekend. I was like, just give him the car. He knows what to do. And uh he did an amazing job. I feel bad for Jarvis. It looked like he just got picked up on the tires or something there. Um, but yeah, great day for Acura, great day for Kanaka Minolta. And uh, we're going to really enjoy this for the next, uh, what do we have, month and a half off. Uh, it's going to be nice. It looked like a little bit difficult for you, though, at least when you were out there on the slick tires and it started raining. That had to get your attention pretty quick. Yes, it did. That was quite an introduction to the race. Um, you know, it's just managing risk, really, at that point in the race. So, you know, where we were in the cha- where we were in the championship and stuff. I just the other one had much more to risk and let him go. And uh, you know, the car was great in those conditions. It's it's just managing risk. How much you want to risk to 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 find the pace? And then when they put the wets on, okay, this is easier. Uh, but under under those wet conditions on the slicks was was a long time. And uh, looking back, obviously, you know, it would be nice to have wets at that time, but. You, you can't predict the future, and I think with the information we had, the team made the right calls all day long. Congrats on another win, and I feel like I've said this before, the championship comes down to Motul Petit Lamar. Good luck there. Thank you. Thank you. It's never easy. <laughs> uh, very good. Very good for those guys. What a rich vein of form they are on. Uh, Acura edging ever closer to the Manufacturers' Championship uh, as well. With a little bit of uh, arithmetic, which Jeremy, I think, will confirm 
I think the Sprint Cup title has gone to uh, PMR, Paul Miller Racing in yep. GTD uh, before the final round of that championship, Jeremy, at VIR next time out. Yeah, they, uh, they came in with a substantial lead of uh, 211 points. And, uh, yeah, so they, they uh, will not now be able to be beaten. They finished fourth again this weekend and, and ahead of their closest uh, rivals as well. Shea Adam is uh, making her way down to the podium. We'll have a chat with her as she's walking down. Flip your mic up, uh, Shea, and let's have a, a little reflection on that. Uh, we said in our keys to the race that uh, drive time strategy would change things a little bit, but more importantly, weather and tyres. And my goodness, how important was that early on? JDC made the right call, and bizarrely, they've ended up in fifth position. Yeah, the racing just didn't pan out for them in quite the same manner. I mean, we had a lot of cars that uh, wound up making the right call early on, but then the weather conditions staying dry, that really affected things as well. And my biggest thought is of that WeatherTech Mercedes. What would have, could have, should have happened if Daniel Giancadella stopped at the red light? Because that car was super strong too. Yeah, that's a very good point. And they've, they gifted that to another AMG, Winwood Racing, Phil Ellis. Uh, and uh, and Russell Ward, uh, fabulous run uh, for them, and nice to hear they'll be back next year. And what a great race, Shay, in GTD Pro between uh, the Vassar Sullivan oh. Lexus and the Fafmo. That was literally flag-to-flag racing from those guys. And when we look at our Valkyrie stat attack on Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday... I'm guessing that will be the battle of the race because I don't think they were more than three seconds apart for the whole race. No, and you know, everybody's going to remember this season for the end of Daytona for the GTD Pro category. In my book, this race was better than that scrap because it was the entirety of the race between three different cars. Yeah, wow, we got a real treat today from them. Yeah, Garcia up into third there, Aston Martin in fourth, more bad luck for BMW. Uh, Riley Motorsports... Uh, ahead uh, of Matt Bell's AWA core Autosport, Colin Brown finishing off there in LMP3, but what about Aero Motorsport defending the race they won last year, shit? Well, and for Bill Riley, this is a big win here for your team in LMP3, Felipe Fraga lost it at the end of that race, but how hard was your organization working this whole week? Oh, it was pretty tough. I mean, we had the two cars in GS, so that didn't uh, make it any easier, and obviously the weather, the yellows just happened to hit with our strategy perfect, and uh, so I want to say we had perfect strategy. I think it was more that we guessed right. So it was a good deal. And Philippe Angards did a phenomenal job, and the whole team did. And now looking forward to Motul Petit Le Mans for the end of the season. Go out there and win. That's the only target? Yeah, I mean, that's all we can do. Uh, you know, Core's a great team. They're really hard, fierce competitors, and they're friends. But we have to beat them, and we've got to beat them hard. So we're going to have to run as fast as we can, as hard as we can. Well, good luck there. Congrats on today. Thank you very much. Some more points. Let's look at LMP2. John Ferrano will continue to lead the points on 1640 uh, with the uh, win today, a brilliantly uh, earned victory by Ryan DL. Uh, he and Dwight Merriman, second win in a row here at Road America, will move up to second on 1640. Uh, then next up on 1547 will be Stephen Thomas, 1532, uh, Henrik Hedman and Juan Pablo Montoya. In the, the team's championship, however, uh, that's a little bit different. Number 52 team, despite finishing fifth here, will still lead in the team championship because they run, they've been running different drivers in, in different races. Um, and uh, so they will have 1659 to the 1640 of Tower Motorsport. That's number eight car. 
third position with number 18 on 16.07. So very, very tight in LMP2. LMP3, uh, John Brennan and Colin Brown finishing third today, one position ahead of Garrett Grist and Ari Baylog. That'll extend their championship lead now from uh, 17 16. Actually, Gar Robinson with the win today will move into second place. 17 16 for John, John Bennett and uh, Colin Brown, 16 33 for Gar Robinson, and 15 97 now, having finished fourth. Uh, we'll move down from second place in championship, Garrett Grist and Ari Baylog for Junior 3 Racing. Let's head to Sher Adam uh, here in uh, Michelin Post Race Tech. Effectively, we'll run these together because we're tight. Sher Adam has the winners in GTD. Well, Russell, when I talked to you a few minutes before the end of the race, we were talking about fuel and being able to make it. It's finally here. Another win. You're second to back up the 24 hours at Daytona a couple years ago. How's it feel to be a race winner at Road America? Yeah, you know, first time here in the GT3 and, uh, you know, first uh, race win this year. So it feels good. It's been coming and, and uh, you know, unfortunately it didn't happen earlier. But, you know, man, it's just super exciting and the team did an amazing job. The strategy was good and the pit stops were great. And, and Philip absolutely, uh, you know, drove through the field. He was, uh, he was the, the star of the show. So, you know, just uh, over the moon. Congratulations to both you guys. Thank you. Uh, any more from you, Jeremy, on the points there? Uh, yeah, yeah where, where, where were we? Uh, we didn't. We did LMP3 in GTD uh, Pro. Just one second. We've got Ryan yep. DL here as well. Ryan, another winner. Two years in a row at Road America. Can every race be here for you? Yeah, I mean, since I kind of moved to the states back in 2003, uh, this has just been one of these tracks that always seems to have clicked with me. Um, and then obviously last year we had such a fast car from Era. We came back, we were quickest in uh, both first practice and second practice. Uh, Dwight had a hell of a stint and his uh, handed over to me in a good position and went a little off sequence there just trying to gamble on slicks. Um, just mega job from the team and uh, great pit stops got us back up front. We kind of ended up off strategy which actually helped us on fuel on the last two stops. So yeah, fun, uh, fun battle with Delatraz there. Uh, it's uh, it's nice to race guys like that and know that at some point you, you kind of keep it clean and you know it's not your day today was was our day. Did you know when you made that pass that that was the moment to do it that uh, there was possibly going to be something coming up? Was it just gut intuition? No, we uh, we were hitting our fuel number behind him um, and it seemed like he was just having to save a lot more than us. Um, we're him and I were just talking about that so. We were able to kind of sit in his draft and, and save a little bit more than we needed to. So when I got in front, um, I was still hitting my number to make it to the end. So we seemed pretty confident. Um, you never know, right? I mean, even after the yellow came out, uh, we knew that track position obviously was important. Um, so I wanted to get ahead of him, and then I wanted to play the backup game. Congrats, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, Michelin Post Race Tech will grab some more interviews in a second. Uh, Jeremy, finish off the points here before we hand over the PA for the formalities. Well, in uh, GTD Pro, uh, Matty Campbell and Matthew Jaminet will uh, ex will yeah extend their lead. 27.93. The win today for Ben Barnicott moves him 10 points ahead of the Corvette team. So 25.66 for Ben Barnicott, uh, 25.56 for Garcia Taylor. And for Ben Barnicott, it's a very exciting day because, as you mentioned, that championship battle persists, but also second win of the season in a Lexus. But this is the first time in the GTD Pro class. Ben, how does it feel for you and Jack to finally tick off that number one? Oh, amazing. You know, um, 
we came into this year with one target and that was to win GTD Pro and it's been a tough season all year long and we've been right there, we've been podiums, knocking on the door, so to get that first win is amazing and uh, yeah, would have rather it come a bit sooner in the year but it was amazing and, and what a way to do it, you know, one of the, one of the toughest stints I've ever done in a race car and um, yeah, couldn't have done it without the great support of everyone at Vast Sullivan and Lexus. I said earlier that I think this was the best GTD Pro battle that we've had all year and it lasted the entirety of the race. Did it feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. The only time that I didn't feel under pressure was in the yellows. Other than that, I was uh, hanging on for dear life and saving as much fuel as I could. So, um, like I said, what a way to do it. You know, amazing teammate, amazing team, and uh, that's just the result of great teamwork. Congrats to you, Ben. And uh, I'll jump in here with Jack Hawksworth really quick because, Jack, what a welcome back. Didn't take you very long to find victory lane again. Pull to win. It was that easy, wasn't it? Well, there's a lot that went on in the middle of it. Eh? Um, obviously, uh, it's been a really good weekend for us. We've cars been working really well, like Sarsier from the beginning. And then uh, today, obviously, we had qualified on the pole. And then um, today, the conditions threw quite a lot at us. But, um, you know, the whole team strategically made all the right decisions on the pit stand. Um, you know, Ben did a great job there at the end in, in tr very, very tricky conditions, wets to slicks, and uh, yeah, first GT, GTD Pro win uh, over the moon. Congrats. Appreciate it, thank you. And finally? So yeah, so that'll move up to second in the points, but I think uh, depending on how many cars there are at, uh, at uh, well, the last couple of races, well, it's certainly, you know, FAF Motorsports is looking really good for that GTD Pro Championship and, and uh, Porsche for the manufacturers as well. In GTD, uh, Team Cordoff Motorsports and, uh, and uh, Stephen McAleer uh, still lead the way by 23-29 to the 22.93 now of Ryan Hardwick and Jan Halen. So that's getting closer and closer. And only eight points behind them are, is Roman DeAngelis as well. So very, very tight in GTD. Uh, in the Manufacturers' Championship in GTD, also very, very tight. But uh, uh, BMW still leads uh, by, by a pretty handy margin, actually, over now Mercedes will move ahead of Aston Martin unofficially into no they won't excuse me there'll be three points behind aston martin in the battle for second position this program is a radio show limited production for more check imsaradio.com and subscribe to imsaradio wherever you get your podcasts